0: This is Retro Sports Radio. Visit RetroSeasons.com
1: for more sports history. The 1970 MLB All-Star Game was held at
0: Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, which had just opened up weeks earlier. The game is notable for being the first All-Star Game to be played at night, a tradition that has continued ever since. The 1970 game was also the first time since 1957 that the starting lineup was determined by fan voting. These two changes were a huge success, and the game still remains the highest-rated all-star game TV broadcast of all time. The National League attempted to extend their seven-game winning streak with the likes of veterans Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, along with youngsters Pete Rose and Johnny Bench. You can find links to more info on the featured players, teams, and stadium in the episode description. Also, please be sure to like and subscribe in order to help out our channel. Enjoy the game! On the field, behind the plate, receiving Seaver's warm-up pitches, Johnny Bench of Cincinnati. Seaver, the pitcher from the New York Mets. Dick Allen of the St. Louis Cardinals at first base, Glenn Beckert. And Don Kessinger of the Cubs, down at second and short. Tony Perez of the hometown Cincinnati team is at third base. In left field, Rico Cardi, the league's leading hitter. From the Atlanta Braves, Willie Mays of San Francisco in center field. And Hank Aaron in right field. As we told you, from the Atlanta Braves, he received more votes than anybody else. And very quickly, again, the American League batting lineup. Leading it off will be the oldest starter, Luis Aparicio, at age 36. This is his ninth all-star baseball game. His seventh start, but his first all-star baseball game since 1963. Paul Dostromsky, bats second in center field. Frank Robinson, in right, batting third. John Boog Powell, the cleanup hitter, the first baseman from Baltimore. Harmon Killebrew, the third baseman from the Minnesota Twins, bats 5th, Frank Howard of Washington in left field batting 6th, Dave Johnson of Baltimore batting 7th, playing 2nd base, Bill Freehand behind the plate batting 8th, and Jim Palmer of Baltimore, the pitcher batting ninth. Aparicio with a 313 batting average, 3 home runs, 24 RBIs, steps in right-handed batter with a close stance, and in perhaps the closest voting in all of the American League this year, it was four shortstop, and Aparicio went out over... Rico Petrocelli of Boston. A big, wide, sweeping curve is what Cedar started Aparicio off with, and Luis was way out in front of it and fouled it back, barely getting a piece of the ball. Strike one to Aparicio as this 41st Major League All-Star Baseball game is underway. Temperature in the mid-80s here at the brand-new Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. Now he comes back with a fastball. It's a foul back in the group next to us. And it's two strikes. I don't know, Sandy, if in all-star play, you look for that big sweeping curve on the first pitch of the ball game. I wouldn't think so, Jim. Not especially for a fellow like Seaver, who has not pitched since last Thursday. Strikes him out on a fastball. Uh, not having pitched since last Thursday, this would just about be his regular turn in the rotation. He's got to be pretty strong, especially if you're just going to turn him loose for three innings and say go as hard as you can. Carl Strumsky, the all-star center fielder. In voting for the outfield, they came up with Yastrinsky, Robinson, and Frank Howard, none of whom plays center field. So Carl, who recently has been playing a lot of first base for the Red Sox, got the vote that he's in center field. Left handed batter holds the bat high and takes an inside pitch from Siever. Ball one. Yastrinsky hitting it 301. 21 home runs, 50 RBIs, and he's also stolen 16 bases. Everybody remembers Yastrinsky's great 1967 series. Time is called. They have someone on the field. And she is being let off. And I don't know who this is. There has been an exotic dancer by the name of Morgana who has been on the field all across the United States. And whether it is she or not, I don't know. But it is female, and she's being escorted off the field after not even making as far as the artificial turf. Well, the Count is Osinski. I'll be honest, I'm not sure it's female. It looks like it may be a man with a wig or a little bit of a joke. They have even had newspaper columns devoted to the possible appearance of Morgana. One zero, the count. One out. We're in the top of the first inning of the Major League All-Star Baseball Game, number 41. Yastrzemski swings, fouls it very high, and back out of play. It's one and one. Seaver, the pitcher, from the Mets bench of Cincinnati, the catcher. On deck is Frank Robinson. Frank has a sore shoulder. Yesterday at the All-Star Fest luncheon, someone asked Frank, "How's your injury?" And the Royal Memorial outfielder said, which one? But they were speaking of his shoulder. Back with a curveball, hit up the middle, gets past the outstretched glove of Kessinger, and Yastrzemski's on with the first base hit of the All-Star Baseball game. Hitting a 1-1 pitch, Seaver almost was able to stop it at the mound. Tim Seaver has thrown quite a few changeups in his brief time on the mound. This one out and one base hit here. But on that ground ball, you could just see the ball begin to pick up speed on this artificial surface. And and that's the problem. Sometimes the ball is not hit very hard, but it begins to spin. And that's what the artificial surface does to it. And as it spins, it picks up a little bit speed. So the second and third bounce sometimes are a lot quicker than the first one was. Frank Robinson steps in. He leads the American League in hitting, hitting a 330 right-handed batter six All-Star games with the National League and this is his third with the American a swinging strike one. Around each of the bases, first, second, and third, there are 20 by 20 patches of dirt. Otherwise, it is completely artificial surface except, of course, for the pitching mound and around home plate. Strike on the outside corner. Bench takes the throw to first. But back in plenty of time was the base runner, Yastrzemski. Down is two strikes to Frank Robinson. I think your first impression of the way the fielder's playing, Jim, everybody seems to be deeper. The shortstop is back behind the line where the, normally the skin would be. Robinson strikes out another fastball strikeout for Seaver. And as the strikeout after he shows, so he does Frank Robinson on three pitches. Jim, so I think uh, Tom Seaver may have been trying to get away with having an easy time here in the All-Star game. I... I'm sure he's aware of the fact that he's started, slated to start again on Thursday after the All-Star break. and was trying to have as easy a three innings as he can, but after Yutrymsky got the hit, he really started to throw hard to Frank Robinson. Boog Powell, 73 RBIs, 23 home runs, stepping in. Left end batter takes a 10-drop to strike one. Hitting at 320. Off, off, Yastrzemski slight lead off first base. Vic Allen of the Cardinals holding him on there. Yastrzemski can move outside with the pitch and low. It's one and one. Tabu Cal, Harmon Killebrew of the Minnesota Twins, last year's most viable player in the American League, is on deck. When the top of the first, no score, Yastrzemski at first base with a base hit up the middle. One and one, the count to Big John Boog Powell, all 6'4, better than 230 pounds. Swings, hits it high in the air in the infield. Tony Perez of Cincinnati will get the honor, of making the last out of the first inning and does so. A run, one hit, no errors, one left. And in the middle of the first inning, the American League nothing with the National League coming to bat. Bottom of the first, the National League coming to bat is Jim. Setting the defense for you for the American League now, Jim Palmer. Warming up, of course, Palmer had a great history of injuries after being a star of the 1966 season in the World Series, but has come back and is 12-6 thus far this year from Baltimore. Bill Freehan is behind the plate from Detroit. Who's of Baltimore at first? Davey Johnson of uh, Baltimore down at second. Luis Aparicio of the White Sox at short. Harmon Killebrew of Minnesota at third. Frank Howard of Washington in left. Carl Dostromsky of Boston in center. Frank Robinson of Baltimore in right. The batter is Willie Mays. This is his 21st All-Star game, the seventh time he has let off an All-Star game. Makes a call strike from Palmer. Back in 1965, Mays let off with a home run. And that's only been done three times in the previous 40 years of Major League All-Star play. Palmer, a right-hander, comes back, misses outside. It's one and one to Willie Mays, hitting a 272, 619 home runs. Second only to the Great Faith, 19 of those this year. Last year, Mays did only 13 home runs all year, but has 19 already this year. 47 RBIs. Big swinging strike. Mays, the big scoreboard in Centerville, shows, holds the all-star records for most at-bats, most runs, most hits, most stolen bases, and most total bases. Outside of that, Willie hasn't been doing much lately. Down is one and two to him. Palmer, the right-hander, throws inside. Mays leans away from the fastball. It's 2-2. Lumen Harris, the manager of Atlanta, is coaching at first base. And Leo DeRocher, the manager of the Chicago Cubs, over at third. And May strikes out, swinging. Tim Palmer's got good stuff, also. We've talked about Tom Saver, the fact that he has good stuff. Palmer throws very hard. He's got a good slider and a good curveball. If Jim has had any problem in his career, he's been a little bit with control, but mostly with injuries. He's never really been able to put a full year together without being either sick or hurt or having a problem of staying in the major leagues. But this year, he's started well, he's having a good year, and as you say, it's his first All-Star year, and he looks like he's going to become the kind of pitcher everybody thought he would. Dick Allen of the Cardinals takes a big swing at Palmer's first pitch strike one. As we said, in other years, we have called Dick Richie, but after going to the Cardinals, he announced he wanted to be called Dick. So to Dick Allen, hitting a 285, 25 home runs, 72 RBIs, Palmer's right back, in a high inside fastball that Allen ducks under. And it's one and one with Palmer. Allen, while with the Phillies, set the home run marks for Philadelphia as a first baseman, as a third baseman, and as an outfielder. Back with a big curve, but it stays high and out of the strike zone. It's 2 and one To Allen with Hank Aaron, who got more votes than anybody else in the voting, conducted for the first time since 1957 by you, the public, is on deck. By the way, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn said also at yesterday's press luncheon that he was sure that it was his intention they would have the fans vote again next year. Fastball, and Allen is swinging and missing. It's two and two. One out. We're in the last of the first. No score in this All-Star baseball game from the brand new Riverfront Stadium, almost completely artificially turf, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Palmer peering in for the sign, and throws drive to right field. back for Back near the warning track. Back near the wall, and has it against the wall. The ball was well hit by Richie Allen. It was hit to the opposite field. Richie's very strong, and here in this big ballpark, Frank Robinson had a lot of room. He went back all the way to the wall, did finally bang into the wall as he caught the ball. But I I think it fooled Palmer a little bit. He was just trying to get the ball out away from Richie and keep it in the ballpark, and Richie hit it a long way. Hank Aaron, 19th All-Star Game, his 13th start. Hitting at 314 on the year with Atlanta, 24 home runs and 71 RBIs. And Palmer is ready and hits the outside corner with a fastball at strike one. Two outs, Jestrensky of Boston, has the only hit in the ballgame to win the last of the first. Palmer's a little high with his next pitch. It's one and one to Aaron. Tony Perez of Cincinnati. Neals on deck. This is his stadium. They closed up Crosley Field at the end of June, and this is the new home of what they call the Big Red Machine, the Cincinnati Reds. Palmer misses with his next pitch. It's 2-1. Aparicio is in where the skin of the infield would normally be, but Davey Johnson is deep, and the ball has hit to Aparicio on two giant hops. He guns the ball over to Powell, low throw, but in plenty of time, and Aaron is out, and at the end of one inning, the National League and the American League are scored. Back in Cincinnati, Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. Harmon Killebrew leads off the top of the second inning, takes an outside pitch from Sieber. It's ball one. Killebrew, right-handed batter from Minnesota. Big swing and miss for strike one. And one and one. Harmon, last year's most valuable player in the American League, hitting 322, leading the league in home runs with 26, And he has 72 RBI's. Tenth All-Star game is six starts. Seaver, the right-hander of the Mets, ready again. Low and away. Ball hits the dead. Johnny Bench digs it out and throws it back to Thomas. Two and one to Harmon Killebrew. A hot, muggy night. Attendance, 51,838. That's an attendance figure they could have put up there before the game began. It's been sold out for some time. Big swing and a miss by Killebrew, and it's 2-2. Now we look at both Beckert, and they've got the shift on for Killebrew. Beckert is on the third base side of second and almost in short center field. Out past where the skin of the infield would be. Killebrew, though, strikes out. Swingers. And that's the third strikeout for Tom Siever. Tim, I think we should describe this infield a little bit. There is no dirt as a base path portion, but they have white lines to designate where it would normally be. Uh, it is all the, the green artificial surface, but you can see the outline by a white line drawn all the way around the infield so you can sort of tell where the infielders are playing. Frank Howard steps in, turned to Al Barlick, the National League umpire, and Barlick walked up and asked Tom Seaver for the baseball, looks at it, and tosses it back to Seaver. And as Howard of the Washington Center steps in, you can hear the boos of the crowd. Frank is a big man. Listed at 6'7", and he says he plays at about 260. There are those who will say it's more like 280. Frank hitting 282, 24 home runs, most of them giant blasts, 67 RBI. Third All-Star game and his third start. Big right-handed batter. One out on the top of the second in the scoreless All-Star baseball game. And he swings. That big cut and misses. Strike one. Four men have struck out six. In an all-star game, most recently Ferguson Jenkins, a couple of years ago in 1967, fastball down the middle, strike two. Carl Hubbell, remember his great feat—the men that he struck out: Ruth, Garrett, Simmons, Fox, Cronin, outside and high from Tom Seaver. It's one ball, two strikes to Frank Howard. But Aparicio led off at the American League by striking out on three pitches. Zestemski single went up the middle. Robinson, Frank, struck out on three pitches. And Powell popped out. Since that time, Killebrew has also struck out. And big Frank Howard strikes out. And that's the fourth for Tom Zeele. Seaver looks like he's throwing very well tonight. He isn't throwing his good fastball all the time. He gets two strikes on the hitter, and all of a sudden, there's just a little bit extra on that fastball, and uh, it's giving the American League hitters a lot of trouble up to now. Well, we were talking about that all-star record, Sandy. Six strikeouts. And, of course, the pitcher can only work three innings unless it goes to extra innings, and Seaver already has four. Breaking pitch low and away from the next batter, Davey Johnson of Baltimore, hitting two ninety nine, playing second base. His first start, he was on the 1968 squad, played and was 0 for 1. He was named last year, but was hurt and didn't get to play. Strike two, swinging. And since... Rod Carew is injured and out of... Active baseball, at least until September, according to President Calvin Griffith of the Minnesota Twins. Davey Johnson is down at second base. Well, Siever's out in front of Johnson now, already with four strikeouts. Comes back, Johnson gets a piece of it and fouls it to the screen. You know, some people say, Sandy, that you dwell too much on statistics of baseball, but those who love and follow baseball, statistics are just like the basic course. And here we are, six strikeouts the record, and Siever already with four, and we're not yet through the second inning. Just misses. Seaver started to walk off the mound. He thought he had strikeout number five. I think the whole National League team thought he had strikeout number five. Jelly Bench started to leave. The whole infield was on its way out. The only one that said no was Al Barley. Two to the count. Beaver back. Hit high in the air. And into short right field. Aaron circles back and over. Woody Mays is there. Aaron will make the catch. And it's another one one-two-three inning for the American League. The runs hit through errors and none left. But now, again, here's a word from Len Dillon. The crowd here at the Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati in the Scottish ball game, as we open the second, cheers the arrival of Tony Perez. Hitting 356, leading the National League with 29 home runs and 90 RBIs, and of course, he plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Right handed batter, closed stance, Jim Palmer of Baltimore, the right handed pitcher, staring in and throws high to Perez, ball one. The American League, no runs, one hit, no errors. The National League up for me for the second time. Went down one, two, three, in their half of the first inning. Palmer ready again. Throws again. This one is shoulder high. A little bit lower than the shoulder says Barlick, and it's a strike. One and one. Palmer back, fouled off to the right. It's one and two. Up in the seats. Of course, I think some of the folks here, Sandy, believe they're watching the Cincinnati Reds play. Of course, a foul of Perez, and with the All-Star break and already 90 RBIs and 29 home runs and a .356 average, you know the kind of year he's already had, let alone at the finish. Fastball from Palmer is high, and it's 2-2. Harmon Killebrew very deep at third base for the right-handed Perez. Palmer throws, swinging, strike three for Tony Perez, and that's the second strikeout for Jim Palmer. I think uh, it begins to show up that if you've got good pitching out there and they're having a good night, no matter how good the hitters are, they're going to dominate the ball game. And so far, Tom Seaver and Jim Palmer have taken charge of this ball game, and uh, even these great hitters have not... Uh, have not handled them or not even looked too good at the play. Every one of the six strikeouts thus far, four by Seaver, two by Palmer, have been swinging strike threes. Here's Rico Cardi, and he takes another hot pitch from Palmer. Cardi leads the National League in hitting 365, and it's his first all star game. and He was a right in candidate, and he made it the big from the Atlanta Braves. Back again, Palmer's pitches tonight, even though he has not been hurt thus far, Sandy, are hot. Jim, he has good enough stuff to get away with picking up a little bit. Uh, I don't think Jim likes to do it as a regular routine, but uh, he could get away with it for a few innings. He's high again, and this time outside, and it's 3-0. The National League has yet to have a base runner. Jim, another thing, he said that all the strikeouts have been swinging. Well, you look at that lineup. There's nobody down there getting paid for taking. (laughs) They're all pretty good swingers to bat. 3-0 3 to Cardi, and he has looked down to DeRocher and takes another high pitch. And on four pitches, all of them high, Cardi draws the walk. And Johnny Bench of Cincinnati, the catcher, hitting 285 with 28 home runs, comes up. The National League has its first-base runner, Enrico Cardi, at first base. And Johnny Bench... Who was on the All-Star squad as a rookie. And this is his third year in the National League. This is his third All-Star game and his second start. Last year, he hit a home run. Palmer ready and throws. Outside, ball one. While Palmer was trying to come back, the story goes, in one of the Cincinnati papers this morning, he was down at Rochester and Johnny Bench was also in the National League and Palmer had the bases loaded and oh, Weaver at that time, the manager of Rochester walked out and said he's a ping-pong hitter. Palmer threw one down the middle and Bench had a grand slam home run. Now, with the pitch outside, Palmer has thrown six straight balls and striking out Tony Perez to lead off the last of the second. Cardi's short lead, he's still within that 20-by-20 20 20 section of dirt at first base. Here's the strike. Bench looked as though he might offer at it, although you would think that he was taking, so now he shares down to Leo DeRocha of the Cubs, who's coaching at third base. Palmer already is dripping wet. It's a very humid night in Cincinnati. Just before game time, the temperature was 87 degrees. Two and one pitch. Again on the corners. 2-2. Tonight's broadcast not only heard throughout the United States on NBC, but through AFRTS, overseas, in Europe, and in Southeast Asia, wherever you are, Japan, Fanny Kopax and I greet you from Cincinnati, Ohio, in the brand new Riverfront Stadium. Scoreless ballgame. Breaking pitch. Bench fouls it back. 2 2. Last of the second inning. One out. That's Perez's strikeout. Cardi with a walk on four pitches down at first base. And 2 2 to Johnny Bench in the scoreless ballgame. The 1968 game, remember, was one to nothing. And Mays got on and scored an unearned run as the first man up for the National League down in the Astrodome. Foul back and caught us and over her head behind home plate. Count remains 2-2 to Johnny Bench. Bench is a youngster, only 22 years old, born in Oklahoma City, lives in Cincinnati. And back in 1967, when Jim Palmer was trying to work out his arm problems at Rochester, and Bench hit that grand slam off of him, he was only the Minor League Player of the Year. Palmer in the stretch looking at Cardin comes back and again bends foul to foul. There is a breeze blowing within this riverfront stadium, and I'm sure it's swirling around, but the flag out on right center field is blowing from center toward right. Don Kessinger of the Chicago Cubs on deck. Farmer again in the stretch. Infield a double play depth, and Bench strikes out on a low pitch outside. Flower well, had thrown Bench quite a number of fast calls in a row, and got Johnny set up for it pretty well, and came back with a slider or a curveball. Looked more like the slider, low, just a little bit off the plate, low outside, and Bench went after it. It was a bad ball, but it's a good pitch from Palmer's point of view. Palmer's now struck out three, and is struck out four. Here's Don Kessinger, the switch hitter from Chicago, batting left-handed against the right-handed Palmer. Don hitting 281, not known for power, has one home run this year. Last year, he hit a total of four. But last year, he also won the Golden Glove. And last Saturday, Sandy and I were in Chicago for a Chicago Cubs game, and Kessinger had some kind of day afield. A foul laced down along the third baseline. It curves into the seats. And it's one and one to Kessinger. Kessinger, of course, was playing then in what they call the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Tonight, he's on this artificially church, infield and outfield. First time in his career. One and one to Don. Cardi still at first base. High outside pitch from Palmer. It's two and one. Two out, last of the second, no score. Sure, I think Kessinger is the kind of hitter that this artificial surface would really help. Uh, normally... He's uh, hitting left there. He doesn't have great power. The infield, the outfield would be playing him shallow. But on a field like this, they can't afford to play too shallow because the ball gets by them easy. So he'll have a chance to drop the ball in front of outfielders that he doesn't have on a regular field. Kessinger fouls the next pitch back, and the count remains two balls, two strikes to the Chicago Cubs shortstop in his third All-Star game. He has yet to have a hit in all-star play. He's been up five times before and is hipper. Glenn Beckard, his teammate from the Cubs, standing on deck. Over behind first base where President Nixon and his party are seated. Back. Up the middle and it might get through. Aparicio tries to fight it down. Cannot. playing in shallow center field as Jostrzemski picks it up very quickly and party has to stop at second and the last the league has its first base hit and there was a ball that was not hit too well. Aparicio was playing around towards second base, but I think on this field, the ball, the ground balls do pick up so much food. The ball does not slow down. It gets going faster, and that ball got through the infield. I think in a normal field, the ball probably would have been caught and fielded by Aparicio behind second. Land Beckett of the Chicago Cubs hitting 261. And speaking of strikeouts as we have, here's the man that's been the toughest to strike out in the National League for the last four years. He takes the ball inside from Jim Palmer. Beckett, very close stance, right-handed batter. Always manages to get a piece of the ball. Chokes up on the bat, Palmer ready, and throws high again. 2-0. When Jim has been wild, for example, when he walked Rico Carty, In this, the second inning, he walked him on four pitches, and all of them were up. When he struck out bench, it was on a slider, blown away. Cardi down at second, Kessinger on first, two out. Back with a breaking pitch, but again, it's high and slightly outside, and it's three and all. Kessinger, looking down to the American League bullpen, no activity. The American League has quite a few they can call in. Mike Fliar, Sam McDowell is scheduled to go next. Dave McNally, Fritz Peterson, Jim Carey, Clyde Wright, Jim Hunter, Mel Stottlemyre. Uh-huh. Drive on three hops to Davy Johnson. who sidelines at the Blue Palace teammate at first base. And the National League goes down on no runs, one hit, no errors, and two left. At the end of two complete. It's a scoreless ballgame. Bill Freehand will lead it off in the third inning for the American League in this shortest ball game at the Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The 41st Major League All Star baseball game. The Riverfront Stadium, right by the Ohio River. As a matter of fact, they even have what they call flood control here. Flood walls to prevent the Ohio from overflowing as it did years ago and flooded Crosley Field. Bill Freehan his fifth consecutive shot as the catcher. With well, the American League from Detroit hitting two eighteen thirteen home runs, 33 RBIs, right-handed batter, has led the American League in getting hit by pitches the last couple of years, but this pitch is on the outside corner, strike one to freehand. Tom Siever working with four strikeouts, all of them swinging. He's given up a ground ball base hit back through the middle by Yastrzemski and has walked nobody. Blown away from Siever, and this will be Tom's last inning. Jim Merritt now warms up. Former American leaguer, left-hander, now down in the National League bullpen. He'll be coming on in the next inning. Siever back with a 1-1 pitch, drill to center field. Willie Mays running to his left, now taps his glove and has it for the first out. Well hit by Bill Freehan and Jim Palmer, the pitcher will bat for himself. Palmer's one crowd lost six. And, of course, plays for Earl Weaver for the Baltimore Orioles. And, of course, Baltimore is having a grand time in the Eastern Division of the American League, leading Detroit by six big games. Palmer takes a swing at the first pitch. It was in on his fists since strike one. Jim Palmer is a pretty good hitting pitcher. Uh, he's not hit for that good an average this year, but he's got good power and hit a few home runs in his career. Guys nice to bunt. Perez playing deep comes with a bareheaded pick. A close and has him. by Tony Perez. Very, very fine play by Tony Perez. He was playing deep. He was playing very deep. And the front play is even more difficult, I would think, on this kind of an infield. It's very tough to keep your footing. And Perez came in, made the play, picked the ball up cleanly, and threw from that off-balance position and made just a great throw. If the throw is a little bit off where Richie Allen can't stretch, he can't make the play. Aparicio, who struck out on three pitches is back, with two out in the third inning for the American League of a scoreless game, Aparisha, right-handed batter from Chicago, takes outside ball one Tom Seaver, the New York Mets. is ready to throw again and does. Ground ball, chance for Beckett at second base, scoops it up, throws on to Dick Allen at first base, and it's another one, two, three inning, and Seaver is through with his pitching, and he is not allowed to run. In the middle of the third inning, American League nothing and the National League nothing. The score at the end of two and a half innings, American League nothing, the National League, nothing. Jimmy? Now well, in Montreal, they call him Le Grand Levin. Rusty Staub, the red-headed outfielder with the Montreal Expos, and quite a star he is up there, too. The Expos representative with the National League, and he'll be batting for Tom Seaver, who has completed his pitching chores. Staub hitting at 293, has 15 home runs, 55 RBIs. Palmer's first pitch to the left-hander is a strike at the knees on the outside corner. No score, Staub will be followed by Willie Mays, who is on deck, and then Dick Allen. There's not been anything close to a scoring threat, although it's two out. The last inning, pitches inside from Palmer, and it's one and one. Cardi got as far as second after walking in Kessinger. Round of the single up the middle. Same kind of hit that Yastrzemski had, the only hit for the American League. Palmer with the one-one pitches. back high in the air. Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, there Yastrzemski, and right center field takes it for the first out. See, I think right now we have to be a little careful on how we call some of these fly balls. We've reached the point of the evening where it's very difficult to see fly balls. It's not dark enough yet, and it's not light enough. The sky is just a light blue, and at this time in a ball game, a lot of fly balls are lost by outfielders. There's not enough contrast, so any ball that goes up right now, the outfielders could have a little bit of trouble with. Willie Mays, who struck out swinging, takes high from Palmer. Ball one. We're in the last of the third. No runs, one hit. No errors for the American League. And the same line score for the Nationals. Zero, one, and zero in the 41st Major League All-Star game. Palmer back again, and his pitch again is high and away. And it's two and order to Willie Mays. Jim Palmer also working his last inning. And so Sam McDowell of Cleveland is warming up. Jim Merritt of Cincinnati will come in to pitch the fourth inning for the National League. Bomber throws, fouled high, over toward the seats, over quickly is Powell. There's a ball boy right there who didn't see him behind it, and he takes it for the second out. I think it's a good thing that Powell did see the ball, that because Bill Freehand could not find it. As we talked about the sky being tough, Bill looked up and never left home plate. He was just looking all around, and Powell saw it all the way and came in and almost ran down the ball boy who didn't know where to go. He was watching Freehand. And, of course, the ball boy, I guess, is 15, 16, maybe, Sandy, in about 5, 6, or 7, and 140. And big move, Cow was bearing down on him. Here's Dick Allen, who flies deep to right. And he takes ball one from Jim Palmer. How's at first, Johnson at second, Aparicio at short, Killebrew at third, Howard in left, Dostromsky in center, Robinson in right, freehand behind the plate, and Palmer with a 1-0 and pitch. Allen swings and misses. Strike one It's 1-1. The only change that we've had, and believe me, we'll have a lot of changes before this game is over, has been Rusty Staub has batted for Tom Seaver. Wide to right center. Swinging strike again by Allen. It's one and two. Seaver worked three innings, gave up one, hit a ground ball single up the middle by Yastrzemski. He struck out four and walked nobody. And now he can look ahead to starting again on Thursday when regular play continues over the second half of the season. One and two the count to Dick Allen. Drive right to second baseman, Davey Johnson. No runs, hits or errors, and at the end of three, complete now. The American League nothing and the National League nothing. And Dylan, we're in the top of the fourth inning, and the score is nothing-nothing. The National League and the American League in this 41st All-Star game. And Jim Merritt, the left-hander of Cincinnati, prepared to throw to his first batter, Carl Yastrzemski of Boston, who has the American League's only hit that ground ball single up the middle. Merritt, a left-hander, who has won 14 and lost 7 for the Reds this year, 3.47 is earned on average. He's the only one on the National League squad who played formally in the American League. Whereas on the American League squad, Frank Robinson, Frank Howard, Mike Puiar, Sandy Alomar, Alex Johnson, Tommy Harper, Amos Otis, all played in the National League. <laughs> Stremski standing off deck as Johnny Bench runs out and talks to his teammate, and now his battery mate in the All-Star game, Jim Merritt. Yastrzemski hit a one-ball, one-strike pitch right up the middle, over the mound, past Tom Stever, and in the center field for the only hit. Now he drives one deep to center field. Back goes Willie Mays, looking as though he has it all away. taps his glove near the wall, and takes it. About 400 feet away. The ball was hit very hard by Kyle Yastrzemski. Uh, you can watch Mays and tell that he's going to catch the ball. It was fairly evident he was backing up slowly. If there's going to be a problem, he'd get to the wall so that he'd have a chance to jump. But Willie just sort of trailed the ball back slowly and caught it right at the base of the wall. Mike Robinson, who struck out on three pitches against Tom Seaver, faces the left-hander Merritt and takes inside from Jim. Ball one. Well, thus far, there's been no scoring at all. But National League did get one man as far as second base in the second inning. Other than that, no. Robinson almost goes into the ground like a cork. He's swinging and missing out of pitch from Merritt one and one to Frank Robinson, who's bothered with a sore shoulder, but although Earl Weaver could take players out, he's going with the starting lineup here in the fourth inning. He has to play them for three, but this is inning number four. Back again, and Merritt's pitch catches the outside corner. Strike two. Frank Robinson doesn't think so, walks away. The umpire, and he's got to be worn tonight. Al Barlick, wearing that chest protector underneath a jacket. And the temperature now is at least 85, and it feels as though the humidity is the same. One and two, back with the ball, it bounces in the dirt, and it's 2-2 to Frank Robinson. Yeah, I noticed earlier in the game there seemed to be some breeze up above the stadium. The flags were moving, but right now they're just still, and it seems to be getting warmer. I'm sure before the night's over, it's going to have its effect on the umpire, Al Bonick. Sam McDowell continues to warm, if that be the word. Down in the American League bullpen, down in left field. 2-2, the count to Frank Robinson, who struck out. And he's called out on the changeup. The first two pitchers we've seen here tonight, Seaver and Palmer, both are great stuff. Uh, Merritt comes out. He is not uh, the kind of guy who throws as hard as the first two guys. But he has great changes of speed. He has a fine curve ball. He has good control. He knows how to pitch. And I think we've seen an example of it here in these first two hitters. Boog Powell popped to Perez to end the first inning. His last time up, the big giant left-handed batter facing the left-hander, Jim Merritt on the mound, and the pitch is low and away from him. Ball one. Two out in the fourth inning before 51,838. Our radio broadcast tonight traveling around the world in American Forces Radio and Television Service. Another low-and-away pitch from Boog Powell, and that seems to be the best place to pitch a man that big. <laughs> well, I think you look at the scoreboard, and you've got a big ballpark, in, like this new one in Cincinnati, and it's two out, nobody on the inning. You try and keep the ball away from the hitter and try and keep it in the park. Uh, you give him the base hit to the opposite field, but try not to let him hit the home run. I asked Sandy today about Tom Seavers saying that sometimes with this kind of artificially chirped ground that you might try to hit men and men- men- make the men hit the ball in the air instead of on the ground. And Sandy's retort was, I've never seen a ground ball go into the stands for a home run. Change up and fouls way out in front of it. And it's 2-2. I think uh, the artificial surface may cause more runs to be scored, Jim, but I think it'll happen for both clubs. So I think a pitcher still has to do his job the best way he knows how. In the fourth inning, five American leaguers have struck out against National League pitching. Fouled off deep into left field stand by Powell. And three National Leaguers were struck out by Jim Palmer, who is now through. Palmer worked his three innings, gave up one hit, struck out three, and walked one. McDowell will be next up. Merritt ready with a 2 2 pitch, and Powell hits it deep to center field. Willie Mays comes over. It's not that deep, really. Taps his glove, and in left center field makes the basket catch. No runs, hit, In the middle of the fourth, we still have a scoreless ball game. The American and National League, no score. The score at the end of three and a half innings. American League nothing, the National League nothing. Big Sam McDowell has led the American League in strikeouts for quite some time, four times in the last five years. And he leads the Major Leagues in strikeouts this year, 183 in 177 innings. And the man he's going to face is Henry Hank Aaron, with 24 home run, 71 RBIs. He grounded the shortstop. McDowell's first pitch from the big left-hander is strike one. Both Weaver of the American League and Hodges of the National started with the right-hander, and both have gone to left-handers as their second pitcher. One strike pitch to the right-handed Hank Aaron is way up high for McDowell, and it's one and one. You know, I think we've talked about the other pitchers in this ballgame so far and said that they had good stuff that they threw hard But I think you have to look at Sam McDowell and say that he throws harder probably than anybody else in the ballgame One and one and this time he changes on his feed, and it's outside two and one Down in the bullpen for the National League is Hoyt Wilhelm Who later on in the month will be 47 years old and yet? He's not the oldest player ever to play in an all-star game you Know who is? 2 and one, the count. Round ball charging. It is Killabrew. McDowell is off. have to make the throw and has it on a fine play by McDowell. Breaking across and actually throwing from foul territory down the third base line. This is a very fine play by McDowell. It's a tough play for the left handed pitcher to make. He's going after the ball towards third base, facing the wrong way. He has to make a full circle to make the play and throw a good runner in Aaron out at first. One out now in the last of the fourth inning of the scoreless All-Star Game. And the answer to the question is, who is the oldest to play in an All-Star Game? Leroy Satchel Page, who was just 47 when he played in the All-Star Game. Tony Perez, who struck out swinging, leading off the second inning. Up now, right-handed batter with those 29 home runs and 90 RBIs and swings and misses out of McDowell fastball. And that is what you call smoke sending. Big Sam McDowell. And when they had the higher mound, and when he looked down at you, all six feet, five inches of him, quite an awesome man, because he throws hard. Back with another hard one, but it's inside. It's one and one. The charge against McDowell has been that he has tried to use too many pitches. when he can resort almost exclusively to the fastball. And they say this year, Sam is sticking with what he does best, and that's why he's here. Fouled off to the right. It's one and two now to Perez. Tim McDowell has a great fastball and also has a great curveball, but he has been wanting to throw screwballs and change-ups and sliders and occasionally even probably a knuckleball. And I think uh, they've accused him of being a young Tom Edison on the mound, but as you say, this year Sam just keeps going out there and throwing hard and done a great job for Cleveland. One and two to count. McDowell back and ready to throw, and as Perez striking out, swinging for the second time. McDowell, first strikeout. Fourth strikeout for the National Leaguers, and here's Rico Cardi, who drew a walk from Jim Palmer on four pitches. Two out in the last of the fourth of a scoreless ball game. Leota Rocher, coaching at third. Lumen Harris of Atlanta at first for the American League. Ralph Hawk of the Yankees is at first base, and Lefty Phillips of the surprising California Angels is over third. Gil Hodges manages the National Leaguers, of course, as the Mets' chief and Earl Weaver from Baltimore manages the American League. And we've got a scoreless game as Cardi, the right-hander, steps in and takes a strike right at the knees on the outside corner. Gaylord Perry, whose brother Jim Perry, plays for the American League. Gaylord Perry the San Francisco Giants is stretching his knees and preparing to warm up down along the right field line. McDowell simply blew this one right past Cardi, whose swing was way behind time. The scoreboard thus far shows no balls and no strikes. Now the scoreboard has gone completely out as the ball punched down into that nationally League goal pit and now rebounds onto the field where it's picked up out there by Frank Robinson. Two strikes. To Rico Cardi with two out in the last of the fourth. Well, it's a muggy night in Cincinnati, but nothing like what happened in Washington last year when the dugouts filled up with water. And they had to play it on a Wednesday afternoon. Low at the knees, freehand bobbled the ball for the moment. Colley looks back at Al Balik who says it's ball one. One and two. There have been no changes other than a pinch hitter and the required pitching changes at the end of three. Both managers sticking with the lineups that the fans are voted. One-two pitch off the corner with a fastball, and it's two-two. Jim, I think you can tell that this is sort of a shakedown cruise for this ballpark. The scoreboard has broken down, and they've got the score on the message board now. Tearing in, Sam McDowell, ready for the 2-2 pitch to Cardi. Ground ball, right back to McDowell, who can leap high because he's a tall man and easily throws him out. No runs, hits her errors at the end of four complete. American League nothing and the National League nothing. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax and Len Dillon back at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. And now we have our first changes. Defensively, Pete Rose of Cincinnati has gone to right field. He's won the batting championship the last two years. And in left field, it is Jim Hickman of the Chicago Cubs. A hitter getting better than 330. And we see Tony Oliva of Minnesota warming up down in the bullpen, and he obviously will come over in the last of this inning. Rose will bat third. While Hickman will bat fifth. Arlen Killebrew, the batter, to face Jim Merritt. Killebrew struck out to lead off the second inning. We've got no score. Now the left hander it throws the right hander, Killebrew, and it's low. And it's ball one. And again, Barlick calls for the ball. And, Sandy, that's the most we've seen anyone call for baseball. In recent games, Barlick must have inspected four or five of them thus far this evening. It's a little unusual in that this field uh, the ball should not get as dirty as it would on a normal field. Brown ball past Perez on one hop. Loved by Hickman of Chicago in left field and Chillebrew has the second American League hit. And the first off, Jim Merritt. Kilbrew's a real fine off-speed hitter. Might tried to change on him and Harmon hit the ball, line drive into left field. I believe we're going to have a pinch runner now for Harmon. Tommy Harper has gone in to run. Kilabrew is all done for the night with that base hit. Tommy Harper, of course, last year had a great year. Stole more bases in the American League than anybody since Ty Cobb. Way back in 1915 when he stole 96. Harper last year stole 73. And of course, Harper having a great year this year in the stolen base department with nearly 50. Big Frank Howard takes low from Merritt. Howard, a big right-handed batter. Merritt A left-handed pitcher. No score, but the leadoff man Killebrew's single and Harper is running for it. Harper, of course, the representative of the Milwaukee Brewers. And with a good leadoff first base. Harper used to play for Cincinnati. And on that move to the plate as Howard swings and misses, Harper was moving back to first base. Merritt has a fine move to first base. He hasn't thrown over there yet. Until he does, Harper can't be too sure just how good that move is. So Merritt may not throw over there and just keep Harper guessing. One-on-one one to count to Howard. Now he lost one over there. I think I said Harper had nearly 50 strikeouts. That is incorrect. He has 28. Howard struck out back in the second inning against Tom Seaver. Wait. Seaver throws inside. And it's 2 and one to Frank Howard of the Washington Senators, wearing the gray traveling uniform with the red numbers and the red batting helmet. Don Kessinger has gone way back. Ball is in the dirt, to Howard. And it's 3-1. The National League has not given up a walk yet. Harper, of course, talking about his steals, not his strikeouts. Tommy now ventures out to one foot on the artificial surface. And so Merritt's going to throw over there, and Harper's back in plenty of time. Three and one to count to Howard, the leadoff batter here in the fifth inning of a scoreless all-star baseball game. Killebrew's single, is taken his place at first base, and Howard is the second batter. The 3-1 pitch. Let's see if they've got him swinging. They do. Drive to left field. Not too deep. Back goes Kessinger. In comes Hickman. Hickman takes it for the first out. They allowed the big slugger to swing on the 3-1 pitch. And he flies to short left field. Harper retreats, across course, to first base. And here comes Dave Johnson to fly to right field. Johnson on 2-2. Two, two, took a pitch. That the National League thought was they had a pitch out going for Harper at first base that the National League thought was strike three. It was not, and Johnson went on to fly to right field to end the inning. That was in the second. The pause you hear is that the scoreboard is working again. Merritt ready to throw to Dave Johnson, but instead checks over at first base, and Harper's back in plenty of time. Harper those 73 stolen bases last year. That was with Seattle before he moved on. Over. Made a move as it to go, and Johnson puts one down the right field line, and foul territory over his island, and also the second baseman, Beckert, and he takes it. Two out. So that's the second baseman's ball. If he can get to it, he has a better angle than the first baseman does. The first baseman has to turn around and go straight back down the line, and Glenn Becker coming over from his position at second base, had a better shot at it, called Richie Allen off of it, and made the play. Al Killebrew hits a changeup for a line drive single to left, but since then, Frank Howard has slid to short left, and Johnson has fouled out. Here's Bill Freeham to align to center field to open the third inning. No runs, two hits, no errors for the American League. No runs, one hit, no errors for the National League. There goes Harper. Ben destroys a good catcher down there. Johnny Bench throws nobody left. In the middle of the fifth, it's still a ball game. This is Sandy Koufax with Jim Simpson and Len Dillon here in Cincinnati's Riverfront Stadium at the first 41st All-Star Game at the end of four and a half innings. The score is still tied. The American League, nothing. And the National League, nothing. And Sandy, now they're beginning to make their moves. Jerry Moses of Boston has replaced Bill Freehand as the catcher. Tony Oliva has gone to right field. Frank Robinson, a lot of folks thought he might not even play tonight. With that sore shoulder has moved from right field over to left field. And Brooks Robinson has gone into play third base. So Moses to catcher, McHale still the pitcher. Blue Pell at first, Davy Johnson at second, Luis Aparicio at short. Brooks Robinson at third, Frank Robinson at left. Howard Ischempke remains in center, Tony Oliva in right. And John Bench, who just gunned down Tommy Harper, who has 28 stolen bases this year and 73 last year, is the batter. Bench, last time up, struck out in the second inning. Scoreless ball game on a hot, muggy, but wonderful night at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The 41st Major League star game, the National Liggers have won it seven in a row, and it's us now. McDowell throws her ball, and it's ball one. I think the American League found out last inning what everybody in the National League already knows that Johnny Bench might have the best arm of any catcher in baseball. Uh, he's, he has the best I've ever seen. McDowell is high and inside. The bench, it's 2-0. Oh. Don Kessinger remains on deck. Davey Johnson is off what would be the skin of the infield. Bench is way out in front. Swinging, and it's 2-1. Johnson is back past the skin of the infield, whereas Aparicio, who's on the left side, where a bench might be able to pull the ball, is in on what would be the skin of the infield. He pulls this one deep, but it's very foul, no question, way out in front of the pitch and pull it deep into the upper seats. Still, I think Aparicio has to play a little shallower than some of the other infielders. Louis's arm has gone back a little bit on him with time. He doesn't throw as well as he used to. And if he played too deep, he could not throw some fellows out. There's better runners on balls hit deep in the hole. Bench strikes out swinging on a McDowell ball on the outside corner. Second time he's gone down. First time against Palmer, this time against the left-hander Sam McDowell. McDowell has his second strikeout, and that brings up Don Kessinger of the Chicago Cubs playing shortstop, and he's singled up the middle his only other time at bat for his first all-star hit in six appearances at the plate. There have been five National League strikeouts. Perez has struck out twice, and Bench's teammate with Cincinnati has also struck out twice. Dallas pitches low and away from Kessinger, ball one. Kessinger, a 281 hitter. With the Chicago Cubs, McDowell is ready again, drive, and Kessinger's got a second-base hit right up the middle. Line drive on one hop to Ostensky and short center field. Now the scoreboard shows the National League has two hits. Don Kessinger has them both. Here's Glenn Becker, second baseman with the Cubs, sitting at 261, which is much below Glenn's normal average in the National League the last four years. He's been hitting 287, 280, 294, and last year 291. As we said, very tough to strike out. Very close stance. His right foot is almost out of the batter's box. Strike at the knees for McDowell. It was one out, and Leo DeRosier coaching at third, and both Kessinger and Beckert of the Cubs, so all year they work so well with the hit and run, it wouldn't be too surprising to see that come up here in this situation. Strike. It's strike two. Both of them called both of them at the knees, and Kessinger on first base is telling Leo DeRosier to move down a little bit because looking past McDowell, he can't see him. And so now DeRosier is leaning down so that Kessinger can see his signs looking across the diamond to his manager with the Cubs, and tonight the third base coach, Leo Rocher. Two strikes to Becker. Kessinger leads off. McDowell throws. Ball right back up the middle. Picked up at second base by Johnson. He has no play at first base because as he stepped on second, the ball nearly squirted out of his glove. So he settles for the force play. There's two down. And we're going to have another pinch hitter. And as he comes out of the dugout, it looks like Dennis Mankey of the Atlanta Braves. All right. Menke having a great year, hitting at 315. And when they compared what the ball players wanted on the All-Star teams, how their votes would have gone, as opposed to how the fans went, the ball players said Dennis Menke was their number one choice at shortstop. But for fans, they said Don Kessinger. Both good men. Mankey, of course, batting for Merrick, who is all through. We'll give you his record in a moment. Inside and low on the first pitch to Menke. Merritt only worked two innings, struck out one, gave up one hit, walked nobody. And, of course, this is the scoreless game. Minky fouls the ball off and bounds into the American League dugout. And now bounces back out, and Leo DeRosa retrieves two out with Beckett on at first base, reaching there on the fourth flight. No runs, two hits, no errors for the American League. No runs, two hits, no errors for the National League. We are in the last of the fifth at Cincinnati. Lowered in the dirt and blocked nicely by the new catcher, Jerry Moses, of the Boston Red Sox. Who took over after Phil Freehand caught the first four innings. McDowell working his second inning. Jim Palmer started, worked three without damage. But the American League, Tom Seaver most effective in the three innings he worked as a starter for the National League. Back with a high pitch is McDowell and it's three and one. Attention to the pinch hit at Dennis Menke hitting at 3.15. There has not been an extra base hit. There has not been a run score. Becker just a step or two now off first base. Powell holding on and McDowell peering in for the sign of Jerry Moses. And the 3-1 pitch. It's up high and there's the walk given up by McDowell. Here's first and the second drawn by the National League. As Becker moves on down to second base. And Willie Mays comes to bat. Oh, thank you, Sam McDowell makes any mistakes. That's the kind of mistakes he makes. With his great stuff, sometimes he'll get behind hitters. and there, he was 3-1 to Dennis Mankie. He didn't want to just come in with the fastball and let Mankie hit it. So he tried to throw the curveball. He does not get that over as well. And he walked Mankie. And all of a sudden, you're in a little bit of trouble. In fact, you are in trouble anytime time Willie Mays comes to the plate. High pitch. And that is not Jerry Moses behind the plate. That is Ray Fossey. We beg your pardon. Fossey at Cleveland, a young catcher. McDowell looking down, one and all. Back to the throw again, very high again. Two and oh. Two and with two out. Second on at second base, Menke on at first base. Strike, good fastball. Chest high to Willie Mays. It's two and one. Now, this is the second time that the National League has had a man as far as second base. In the same combination, a walk and a single in the second, a single and a walk here in the fifth. But nobody's gotten any further than that. Up high with the fastball again, and it's three and one. And remember, it was on a three-and-one pitch, but Menke, as Sandy told you, tried the curveball. McDowell did, and Minky drew the walk. Now with two out, and Mays was struck out and fouled out the batter. Right-hander against the left-hand of McDowell. Let's see what he throws. He comes back with a fastball, and Mays takes a big swing and a big miss. He did not come back with the curve that time, Sandy, on three-and-one. Well, I don't think he can afford to walk another hitter now. You get yourself into enough trouble when you walk the man into scoring position, and now with Mays at the plate, I don't think he can go any further. He just threw his best pitch, which was the fastball. Dive high in the air as everybody was running on the pitch. It's foul behind the plate. Fossey is back and looking up, but it's well in the seats and about uh, 30 or 40 feet away from President Nixon. Now, the count remains three and two to Willie Mays. McDowell is ready, looking in. The runners are going again and again it's fouled Salva. Naturally, with two out and three and two, those runners are going to be taking off with every pitch. It's an interesting duel right now. McDowell is just reaching back three and two and throwing the ball as hard as he can. The fellow at the plate, Willie Mays, is just standing there. and He's digging in with both feet and swinging as hard as he can. And as hard as Sam's throwing and Willie's swinging, if he makes contact, he's going to hit the ball. He's in the second deck here. Mays digging in again on three-two. See you Beckett moving away from second. Menke away from first. McDowell into the stretch. They're running. Here's the pitch, and it's fouled back again. And we'll repeat. It is a very hot and humid night. McDowell is working hard. Mays is working hard. And Beckett and Menke are running hard. Last to the fifth. No score in the 41st Major League All-Star Game. The National League has won 22. The American League 17 has been one time. The National League has won the last seven in a row. Dries high in the air, but this might be playable. Behind home plate, overcomes the third baseman, Brooks Robinson, and he finally puts it away. No runs, one hit, no errors, and two men left. At the end of five, there's no source. Sandy Koufax along with Jim Simpson and Len Dillon at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. The end of five innings is scored nothing-nothing. For the American League, no runs on two hits and no errors. The National League, identical totals. No runs, two hits, and no errors. Gaylord Perry has come on the pitch. Dennis Menke, who batted for the pitcher and walked, has gone into play second base. Beckard is out. They have not made announcements, as you know. This is a brand-new Riverfront Stadium, and the PA system is not here, and we're having to pick up these newcomers as quickly as possible. It looks like Clarence Gaston has drawn into play in center field. First pick by Foxy is hit to right field for base hit. Rose is over, picks it up, and throws into Menke at second base and cuts it off. So, young Ray Fossey of the Cleveland Indians drills a single to right field. Sam McDowell of Cleveland will bat for himself. Gaylord hey, Terry this year has won 13 ball games, lost eight. Throws low, but it's at the knees to the giant Sam McDowell. Strike one. Sure, I have to think that this is one of the few all-star games that I've seen Willie May start, that he hasn't gone all the way. Usually Willie comes to this ball game, wants to play the full ball game, enjoys playing in it, and uh, this is one of the few years where he hasn't. McDowell sweat as if the foul tipped the ball, and the ball got past bench and rolled back, and so Barley hands him a new ball, and it's two strikes to McDowell, and McDowell stares down to lefty Phillips to see what the third-base coach, manager of the California Angels, says to do on the two-strike pitch with Fossey at first base. None out, scored a four game when the top of the sixth. McDowell strikes out, but the ball is foul, dipped, and Bench drops it, and therefore, he's alive again. Johnny Bench, who has thrown out a runner, Tommy Harper could not hold on to that swinging strike free. It was slightly foul, tipped by McDowell. deal a double play depth with two strikes on Sam McDowell. Fossey leading off at first base. McDowell squared around as if to bunt, but the pitch was outside, and it's one and two. Even with two strikes, he was going to bunt. The flag in right center field, that was blowing. Remember we told you from center toward right? It's simply hanging there now, and it's hot and muggy night. But no chance of rain, and thus far a scoreless all-star game. McDowell's going to bunt again at fair, picked up by Perry, who will go to first to sacrifice works. And for the first time, the American League has somebody as far as second base. There's a fine bunt by McDowell and Earl Weaver obviously feeling that this is going to be a one-run ball game is trying right here in the top of the sixth inning to get that one run And bunting with a pitcher with two strikes He's got a man in scoring position in the top of his lineup coming up so fosters down at second base and Luis Aparicio making his first start and his first appearance since 1963 in the all-star game, Luis is 36 years old but having a great year, hitting 313, right-hander steps in to face Perry. Curveball, he swings and misses. Back one. Fosse's base hit to right field with a line shot off Perry. And now Perry wants to check on his sign for Johnny Bench, He walks out to meet him halfway. I think Perry and Bench would like to just check on what signs they're using with a man at second base, size. A little problem here. If you make a mistake in signs, it ends up in a pass ball or a wild pitch, and the runner goes to third. And with less than two out, that's a big difference in your situation in the ball game. Gaylord Perry of San Francisco peers in, looks back, and throws. The ball is hit to right center field. Over goes Pete Rose. Now slowing down. Stops there. Fossey has to retreat to second base as Rose throws to the cutoff man. Menke, they're now two down, and Fossey is still at second. With Carl Yastrzemski to up, Yastrzemski single up the middle, and then hit the first pitch he saw in the fourth inning from Jim Merritt and drove Willie Mays deep, right next to the 404 sign in center field. And with that in mind, Johnny Bench walked out to tell something else to Gaylord Perry. I think uh, in this situation here, uh, you may not see the intentional pass. Gaylord Perry, having been around a few years, is There's still something that uh, players would sometimes like to call pitching around the hitter. Uh, Frank Robinson is nobody that you'd want to pitch to, but he's right-handed. And Gaylord Perry, being a right-hander, he might rather pitch to Robinson than Yastrzemski. Well, as Gaylord Perry tries to get out of this inning without a run, his brother, Jim Perry, now goes to the American League bullpen to warm up. Two out. In the sixth inning, no score. Yastrzemski drills one in the short center field. Around third base comes Fosse. The ball is picked up. They'll have to go to second. Yastrzemski fell down. And it's one to nothing, the American League. Yastrzemski again hitting the first pitch. Yastrzemski was jammed by that pitch. He didn't hit it hard. He hit it hard enough to get it over the infield into center field for base hit and drove in the only run. And I'm not sure that uh, Gaylord Perry hadn't tried to make the ball bad, but Yastrzemski hit it anyway. One to nothing. The American League draws the first score. In the sixth inning, with two out, Yastrzemski again hitting the first pitch. And here is Frank Robinson who's been down twice on strikeouts. Once swinging in the first and called out in the fourth. And a check at first base. And very nearly, Yastrzemski, who's a good base runner, and he has stolen 16 bases this year, was nearly picked off. Terry ready to throw, throws a curveball. Now Bench throws down to first and nearly has him again. Donnie Bench is showing us that arm that has made him the National League All-Star catcher. And some say one of the greatest, if not the greatest, ever. And he's 22 years old. Terry throws again, ground ball. At second base Mickey waits for it. Easy throw to first base, but the American Big scored one run on two hits. No errors and one left in the middle of the sixth. We have a score. The American League won the National League nothing. The score at the end of five and a half is the American League one run, four hits and no errors. The National League no runs, two hits, no errors. Jim? Another change, and as we said, there are going to be lots of them. And we'll pick them up as fast as we can. Willie Horton of Detroit has moved in to play left field. Mike Robinson is out. Kremsky remains in center. Oliva leave, of course, is over in right. McAllen, who has flied deep to right and lined up a second baseman. The batter, the Cardinal, first baseman. McDowell, who could win this, throws, and Allen fouls it off to the left. McDowell came in the fourth inning. This is the last inning he can work. And knowing that, he can leave leading, but he also knows that he must face Allen, Rose, and Perez. And that's a tough way to go. One strike back again with the fastball. Outside, it's one and one. To Allen. In his fourth All-Star game, 25 home runs this year, 72 RBIs, leading the Cardinals. McDowell, like everybody else before him and many of the spectators here, simply bathed with perspiration. Comes back again and throws with his fastball up high. You know, they say those who are in first place at All-Star break are going to win it all. Cincinnati leads in the Western Division of National League by 10. Pittsburgh by a game and a half in the Eastern Division over New York. The American League, Baltimore by six over Detroit in the east. Minnesota by five over California in the west. Allen fouls one down the line. Brooks Robinson gives chase. Also is Willie Horton over there, and they watch it drop at the seats. About uh, 15 rows deep. It's 2-2 to Allen. Of course, tomorrow's an hour of day as these players go back, either to home or to join their teams on the road. And the Major League continues with the second half of its season in the drive for the division pennants. The league championships and the World Series on Thursday. One run, four hits, no errors for the American League. No runs, two hits, no errors for the National. Two-two to Allen. McDowell throws fastball, but it's too high, and it's three and two. McDowell walked the man. Palmer, the starter for the American League, walked the man. McDowell struck out two, given up the hit. Palmer struck out three, gave up the hit. Sam is ready and comes back and throws and misses outside at ball 4 And Alan walks with Pete Rose, two-time nationally batting champion, member of the Cincinnati Reds, switch hitter coming to back. We get at a situation here where Sam walks the leadoff hitter in, in the inning, and especially with a, only a one-run lead, that can get you in trouble often. A good ball club can score a run just by playing the game the right way. They don't even have to get a base hit once that leadoff man gets on. If they get him over to second, a ground ball, a fly ball, and they score runs. McDowell is high, and he trips a little bit on the mound with his first pitch, and it's ball under to Rose. He's hitting 323. And here at this brand new Riverfront Stadium, is hitting well over 400 in the few games he's played here. He loves it. This is not only a National League down, it's a Cincinnati down, and the Cincinnati player Rose is at bat. McDowell is ready, throws one and all, drive foul down the right field line, deep in the seats. As we said earlier, I think Pete would really love this new ballpark. He doesn't have great power, he doesn't hit a lot of home runs, he's a spray hitter. And in a ballpark like this, with the big outfield expanses and the artificial surface, all the outfielders have to play a little deeper. So Pete's going to have a lot more chance to drop balls in in front of the outfielders and between them. McHale stares over it out on the first base. The scoreboard has been saying charge and go, go, go. The American League leads by a run. McHale throws a fastball. It's too low, but he really had something on that one, and it's 2-1. You know, I think anytime Sam throws a fastball, he's really throwing well. He, he's he got just a great fastball, and uh, he uses it well. His, his only problem is control, and sometimes he gets himself in trouble. 2-1, and McHale staring in. We're in the last of the six. The National League has won the last seven in a row, but they tremble this one one to nothing. Rose swings and misses. It's two-two. Three members of the All-Star infield are Baltimore Orioles: Boob Powell at first, Davey Johnson at second, and Brooks Robinson at third. The fourth member is Luis Aparicio at shortstop. Ray Fossey of Cleveland, the catcher; Sam McDowell of Cleveland, the pitcher; Woody Horton of Detroit in left; Carl Yastrzemski of Boston in center. And in right field, Tony Oliva of Minnesota. 2-2, none out. Allen at first base. McDowell taking a long time now between pitchers. Last inning, he can pitch. Comes back with a breaking pitch and misses. And it goes all the way again, 3-2. Dave McNally of Baltimore is now joined the Jim Perry in the bullpen for the American League. See, I think we have a situation again where three and two is not an even count. The pitcher is behind. He must get the ball over. No pitcher likes to keep going to three and two. The throw, low, and he has drawn the walk. He took a half swing, and Charlie Hustle naturally runs to first base. And out comes Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver has said that he wants to win this game, and he's walking up very quickly, and Michelle, after walking the first two men, both on three-two counts, made him through. I don't know but. I would think that in this situation, McDowell is the man I'd have to see pitch to Perez. Perez is a a fine off-speed hitter. He hits the breaking ball. He hits the off-speed pitches very well. If he has any trouble, I think it's up with the fastball that that the pitcher gets in on him. And Of the three pitchers that the American League has available now and warming up, I'd have to think that... uh, The one on the mound right now has got the best fastball. He'd have to pitch to Perez for me. Well, apparently for Earl Weaver also. As Weaver runs back to the dugout and McDowell stays on. He went to 3-2 on both Allen and Rose and walked them both. And now Tony Perez, who has struck out twice swinging. In a home run that won the 67 game. In the next inning, hits a drive foul down the right field line and hit it hard. Perez looks down to DeRocher, who gives him the signs at third base. McNally and Perry continue to warm in the American League bullpen. 51,000 plus here, along with the president of the United States and his family. McDowell throws low and away. And it's one and one to Tony Perez, who has 29 home runs and 90 RBIs, and is hitting 356 and I don't think that would make a bit of difference if this were a regular season game. His manager would have to have him bunting. He's down by one. He's got to stay out of the double play. But here in an all-star game, the people want to see Perez hit. The manager, Gil Hodges, has got to let him hit. 1-1 count hits it high in the air and in the infield. Johnson backs up, waves everybody away, makes no mistake about that, trails the ball, and now gloves it. Brooks Robinson runs all the way to second base, hoping to get out and off second base after the catch. One down. And Jim Hickman of Chicago up for the first time. Hickman hitting 335, five years with the Mets. One of the original Mets, and over September of last year, and the early part of this year, Hickman has been Mr. It for the Chicago Cubs, despite the fact that Billy Williams is having one of his greatest years ever. But Gil Hodges said when it came down to the two, Hickman's been the man that makes him go. Fosse blocks the pitch. It's in the dirt for McDowell. Ball one to Hickman. Hickman, who is 33 years old, is playing in his first all-star game. And over the last 15 games of the regular National League season, has been hitting at a three sixty-seven clip. One another the count showing. One to nothing to score. The American League. McDowell ready to throw and strike. Right on the inside corner. One and one. Allen, who drew a walk, is on second. Rose, who drew a walk, is on at first. McDowell taking his time. Terry and Saddlemire, or rather Terry now, McNally, continue to throw. And Dick Beats and Bill Grabarkowitz... Begin to warm up a little bit for the national league. They are not pitchers. Hickman fooled on a pitch, swings, and it's one and two. The American look, league looking for the double play. Allen leads off at second. Rose takes a few more steps off first. McDowell back to throw. Fly ball to short right field. Davy Johnson again goes out and waves everybody away. Taps his glove, and he's made the last two putouts. outs. Allen retreats to second. Rose back to first. And Donnie Bench without it. Those last two outs show you what the good fastball can do for you. Sam got in trouble. He got himself in trouble. The McDowell just reached back, threw a little harder through good fastballs to the next two hitters, and got them both to pop it up to the second baseman. Neither Perez nor Hickman could pull the ball, couldn't keep him hitting the ball on the fifth. Johnny Bench has struck out swinging twice. The last time, it was McDowell who got it. Sam now trying to pitch out of a jam and protect the one to nothing American League lead. We're in the last of the sixth inning of a low-scoring all-star game. First pitch for McDowell is outside ball one. Well, Tony Perez has struck out twice and popped up. Johnny Bench has struck out twice, but he's also gunned down Tommy Harper trying to steal. But the Cincinnati fans would dearly love to see Bench come up with a clutch hit here and at least tie the game. Remember, he has 28 home runs and 79 RBIs. McDowell throws an off-speed pitch. He swings and misses. Strike one. One and one, the bench. Jim, Sam McDowell is very... Successful when he uses the change and when he gets it over and as we said earlier Sometimes he's tempted to use it a little too much It's only good because of how good his fastball is and I think if Sam goes to it too often uh, Then he gets a little in trouble Swings and misses at a fastball this time. It's one and two And swinging hard The Cincinnati players love to go for the fences and you can tell it by the number of home runs they hit. whereas for example Twenty-nine, bench, twenty-eight. Fifty-one thousand, eight hundred and thirty-eight looking on at the new Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. One, two, the count, McDowell throws, chains, and has him swinging. Bench is struck out for the third time. The first two men get on, but then McDowell gets two on pop up to the second baseman and strikes out the dangerous Johnny Bench. At the end of six, the American League won, the National League, nothing that counts. We pause thirty seconds for station identification. Hello again from Cincinnati, Ohio, the brand new Riverfront Stadium. We've had quite a few changes and we'll give them to you in a moment. The American League, one run on four hits, no errors. The National League, no runs, just two hits and no errors as we move to the top of the seventh. Rube Pau will be the batter. But Dick Keats of San Francisco is in the catch, replacing Johnny Bench. who struck out three times. Bill Grabartowicz of the Dodgers replaces another Cincinnati Red. Tony Perez at third base. Bud Harrelson making his first appearance also as an all-star as our Dietz and Drabarkowitz goes in at shortstop. So it is Allen at first base, Menke at second, Harrelson of the Nets at short, Drabarkowitz of the Dodgers at third, Dietz behind the plate, Perry still the pitcher, Hickman in left, Gaston in center, and right. Al swings and fouls the first one in the dirt at the plate strike one. Booth popped out to Perez back in the first and fly to short center in the fourth. Up for the third time. Leads the American League in RBIs with 73. 320 batting average and 23 home runs. Big pitch way outside and then dropped by Dick Deets. Deets was given a $90,000 bonus from the Giants. This is his fourth full season with San Francisco. Last year he hit 230 but is having a great year this year. And his fourth in the National League in RBIs. Making his first all-star appearance. One and one. Hit high and foul. Deitch comes back for it, but looks like he'll make the seats and make it by 20, which it does. It's one and two to Boog Powell. Only a right-hander is drawing now, and it is Jim Perry, the brother of Gaylord Perry. Down in the American League bullpen, and a fellow by the name of Gibson. First name Bob of St. Louis. warms up in the National League bullpen. One and two on a steamy, steamy night, but an exciting night in Cincinnati. They're proud of the new stadium, and they're proud to have the all-star game here. And what a setting for it. Perry, taking a long time, is now set to throw with a one-two count to Powell. Swings, rounds it right back to Gaylord, who takes his time, lets Powell run a little bit, and then tosses over to Allen for the first out of the seventh. time is Brooks Robinson, who went in, in to play defense, replacing Killabrew Robinson, of course, has been in many All-Star games before. Third baseman, Golden Glove winner, many times over with the Baltimore Orioles. Been in 13 All-Star games before. And lines the ball over the head of Mankey in the short right center field. Brooks Robinson has a base hit. Gaston throws it in. On one hop, and up it bounces up and hits Mankey in the face. Dennis Menke on that hop off that artificial surface hit in the face on the relay throw from Gaston. Carlson is over, and the trainer goes out. And Gil Hodges now goes out along with Leo Roche. Jim, and I think that's the thing that the players worry about. Uh, the ball is so quick off the artificial surface. Gaston picked up the ball and made the throw in it and, and threw it in on one hop. Uh, normally, the ball would... Sort of slow up a little bit But this hit on that artificial surface And just skipped on Mankey. He didn't have a chance It it hit him right in the mouth It looked like And uh, the trainer's out there now Looking at Dennis And uh, you just can only hope That he isn't hurt too seriously Uh, He, I would think Would be more used to it Than anybody else Playing for Houston Where they have the AstroTurf All the time But there's a limit To how fast your reactions can go And how quickly you can Get your glove up In front of a ball Yankee says he'll stay in. Roy White of the New York Yankees was hit earlier this evening. has not made an appearance. And we don't know whether or not Roy will be able to. He was having his picture taken. A line drive, took one hop, and hit him on the underside of his right arm. Well, there's only one man in Major League history that has won batting titles his first two times, first two years in the Major League. His name is Tony Oliva. And he's at bat now, hitting at 282. That's handed swinger from the Minnesota Twins to face Perry with Brooks Robinson down at first base. One to nothing, the American League. Gaylord Perry is ready and throws outside. Perry now working with the battery-made it is, Dick Deese. One run, five hits, no errors for the American League. No runs, just two hits, no errors for the National League, which has won the last seven All-Star games in a row. Oliva steps back in now. Tony can go with the pitch to all fields and with power. Lean toward an outside pitch, but let it go outside for a two and zero count. Tony came up in 1964 when the batting title as a rookie, then won it again in '65, and since then has been second twice and third once, despite some injuries. Perry throws again off the corner to Oliver, and Gaylord is down three and zero. The American League hasn't been gifted with a base on balls yet. And on three and zero, Oliva has looked down to his coach, manager Lefty Phillips, of California third base and is ready. And he is simply taking all the way. It's strike one. Now with three and one and one out, and Brooks Robinson, who does not have great speed on his first base, Oliva takes time to step out to look down at Lefty Phillips. Tony is back in, and Gaylord has stared in. In the stretch, and throws, it on three and one, he is way outside, and there's the first walk given up by the National League, and Robinson moves down to second base. Bob Gibson continues to warm up. Harry has given up three hits in the only run of the ball game, and struck out no one, and now he's given up his first walk, and Davey Johnson, is starting because Rod Carew... Of Minnesota, who was voted as the all-star second baseman, is injured, is up. Davy is flied to right and fouled out to the second baseman. Ball outside from Perry, and Gaylord kicks up dust at the mound. He didn't think it was a ball. 1-0. Robinson on at second. Olivo on at first. The American League won. The National League nothing. We're in the seventh inning. Ferry ready to throw again. Sidearm pitch this time, and he has missed again just off the corner and stares in at Al Barnett. I don't think Gaylord Perry is too happy about the call on those pitches, but there's always a tendency on all pitchers when you're in trouble to want everything, and uh, a pitch that you'd want when you're in trouble, you just sort of ignore if it was called a ball with nobody on. 2-0 and 0 right down the middle, and it's 2-1. and one. The National League fans here, and they keep waiting for the National League to explode. Thus far, there's only been one run scored, and the American League did that. Terry and throws again and has another call strike. 2-2. Two that have just missed, and two this last one. Davey Johnson turned and questioned the umpire, that it was a strike. Only run of the ball game, driven in by Carl Jostemski, who singled for a second hit of the night. He has also sent the center fielder very deep to the wall. Next pitch by Perry misses, and it's all the way on Davy Johnson. Three and two with one out. See whether they're running or hanging close. On three and two with just one out. Ralph Hawk walks over and says something to a it at first base. Out the coach at first. Terry staring back. They are not running on the pitch. Unintentionally fouled by Johnson. So it's still 3-2. Nobody now throwing for the American League. Although we are going to get a change because McDowell has worked his three innings while Gibson continues to throw for the National League. 3-2 pitch again. Down the middle, short right field, overcomes Pete Rose, loses his hat near the line, it's foul ball in the bullpen. Dennis Nike also backed in. Brooks Robinson very nearly home. And Davey Johnson almost to second base. And Davy does not strike out a lot. But uh, even so, Brooks is not a good base runner. He's a good base runner. He doesn't have great speed. And it's awfully difficult to turn him loose. And in case Davy does take a third strike or a swing and miss, uh, Brooks wouldn't have much chance of beating a play at third. 3-2 again. One out. There he throws right up the middle. And it's knocked down by Harrison, picked up by Menke. Can't get it. Everybody's safe. Well, Harrelson, saved the run. Bases are loaded. Yeah, that's, that's the play for infielders. They must make with a man on second. Uh, a lot of times the fellow will dive and knock a ball down. He knows he can't throw anybody out, but he has to keep it from going through into the outfield. But Harrelson made a fine play just knocking the ball down. They almost made a good enough play to get a lead that second out of it. One run, six hits, no errors for the American League, and they're threatening again with one out. No runs, two hits, no errors for the National League. And here is Fossey, who singled and scored the only run, and he is completely drenched, the catcher from the Cleveland Indians. Base is loaded. Ball outside. Joe Horner of the Phillies, former Cardinal great, has joined his former teammate Gibson. Horner's a left hander, and begins to throw. Base is loaded with one out. The National League infield looking for the double play to get out of the inning. Bossy, I want to tell you, he is completely ready. Perry ready throws. This is the corner. It's 2-0. Oh. I think, again, Gaylord not very happy with that call, Jim, but uh, I think everybody in the ballpark may disagree with Al Barlick, but he's got the best look at it, and after 30 years of being a professional umpire and a great one, I think uh, he's probably right. Very ready again, trying to come in with a pitch, but something that Fossey can't hit. Drills one to center field. Back goes Gaston. Looking up and backhands the ball. Robinson tags at third. Oliva goes on to third base, and it's two to nothing, the National League. Trails the American League, as Fosse, who has scored a run, is having quite a debut in an all-star game. Scored a run and now driven in one with a fly to deep center field it's uh, kind of nice to see we talked about the difference in who the players selected and who the fans selected as the all-star team and I think Fosse was again one of the uh, discrepancies most of the players felt that Fosse should have started this game he's hitting almost 100 points higher than Bill Freehand, and since he's come into the ball game he's had a fine night well Alex Johnson who also used to play for the Reds now with the California Angels steps in the bat for McDowell who's all through Perry comes in with a curveball and misses its ball on Johnson having a great year, hitting at 328. Been around with the Phillies and the Cards and Cincinnati, and now with California. Came over in the trade that sent Jim McLaughlin here to Cincinnati. Perry back again with a breaking pitch. It's fouled off the end of the bat. It's one and one to Johnson. Davy Johnson is on at first base. Alex Johnson is the batter. While over at third base is Tony Oliva. One-one pitch, a curveball to the second baseman Harrelson, over to second base, or rather the shortstop Harrelson over to second base Menke for the force out. And they're out of it, but the American League has scored another run. One run on two hits, no errors, and two left. We go to the bottom of the seventh with the American League leading the National League. Two to nothing. Earl Weaver making all his defensive moves now. Amos Otis is actually the only real center fielder on the American League squad. And Carl Yastrzemski, who's just recently moved to first, has uh, been playing it like he's played it all his life. Uh, Both Boston and Carl are very happy with the way that experiment has worked out. Strike one pitch from Jim Perry who's come in. He misses. It's one and one. Yastrzemski, as Sandy said, has been at first base. In recent weeks, Jim Perry comes in to try to save the victory for Sam McDowell over his brother Gaylord Perry, who stands to lose and has given up both runs. Two and one now to Bud Harrelson, who saved a run with a fine diving stop from a shortstop position at second base in the top of this inning. Harrelson in his first all-star game, and the ball dives four by... Yastrzemski at first, he can't come up with it. And Harrelson, in his first time at bat, in his first all-star game, singles to right field. And so, Jim Perry has given up the third hit. Harrelson was hitting two sixty-six. Gaston, up for the first time, is hitting 326. Gaston, the San Diego Padres. What a story he's got! Because he was the 30th and last player to be picked by the Padres in their draft to get a team last year, and here he is in the All-Star Game. Breaking pitch from Jim Perry stays high. It's ball one. Carlson, a fine base runner, on at first base, but the score is two to nothing. The American League. And Ashley trails from the last of the seventh. Harry, right handed like his brother, throws again a breaking pitch. Foul to the screen. It's one and one. Looking down into the presidential box area, President sitting there with his coat on, and no matter what weight coat it is, I'm sure he is quite warm. Temperature's still in the 80s. One and one, and a breaking pitch is swung on and missed by Gaston. Strike two. Still in the 80s, although where we are, in the Eastern Time Zone of the United States, on daylight time, it's about 11 minutes after 10 o'clock at night. Very ready for the one-two pitch. Harrelson on at first base. Harrelson as it to go. Fastball is inside and rather high. It's 2-2. Well, a man of the hours, the man who was not picked, is the number one catcher. Foxy, who in his first time up, singled and scored late on Yostremski's single in the sixth, and then with a sacrifice line drive to deep center, scored Brooks Robinson in the seventh. 2-2 to Gaston. Outside, it is 3-2. With Harrelson on at first and none out in the last of the seventh. Earl Weaver striding back and forth in the American League dugout and looking to someone, and he may get that bullpen busy again. Two runs against this National League All-Star lineup. There's not much. Looks like McNally is getting up to throw again. Either he or Fritz Peterson of New York. Looks now like it's Peterson of New York. Check at first base where Jastrzemski is. Harrelson is back in time. Three and two to Gaston. Inside, and Gaston draws to walk, and Harrelson goes to second. Catfish Hunter, in the unmistakable green and gold of Oakland, a right-hander has joined Peterson, the left-hander of New York. Dennis Menke, to walk. His last time up and also took a short-hop throw from Gaston that hit him in the face. Is the man up. And out on deck is Stretch. Willie McCovey. Bothered with a pulled muscle in his leg but available for pinch-hitting duties. And of course, a home run hitter in last year's all-star game. The San Francisco Giants, big first baseman. Had a couple of them last year. Mickey squares as if the bunt takes a strike. Allison down at second base. Gaston on at first. Two to nothing, to score. Last of the seventh. Jim Perry looking back at Harrelson, who's on at second base. Gaston not being held, of course, by his at first, with no place to go. Second base occupied. Perry throws, swing, and fouled back by Menke. It's two strikes. Nobody out. Six hits, no errors for the American League. No run, three hits, no errors for the National League. But the National Leaguers are threatening. Harry peers in, looks back. Throws high and it hits him. Menke is hit by the pitch. What a tough night he's had. Hit in the face with the ball bouncing on a throw from Gaston. Is now hit by the pitch. The bases are loaded. Nobody's out. And the National League comes to life with Willie McCovey coming to bat. It's, a, it's an awfully tough night for Dennis Mankey. Uh There have been so many great players hurt in the All-Star Games and possibly ruined their careers. And think about Ted Williams hurting his arm, running into a wall, and Dizzy Dean hurting his foot and then hurting his arm, consequently after that. And it'd be a shame to have anything happen to any of these great players here tonight. McCovey hitting at 259, and the trainer again had to go out along with Hodges to see if Menke was all right. He says he is. The bases are loaded. McCovey hitting 259, but has 23 home runs and 66 RBIs. The San Francisco Giants' big first baseman facing Jim Terry swings and misses on the first pitch. And quickly, Ray Fossey runs out to talk to his pitcher Terry. Gaylord Terry gave up the two runs. The American League has it out. Jim Perry, with the bases loaded and none out, is trying not to give them back. Sam McDowell left the ball game with a 2-0 lead. One strike to McCovey. Perry back and a foul. Back to the screen. And another big swing by McCovey. Elson on a 30 single. Went to second when Gaston walked. Menke loaded the bases when he was hit by a pitch. For the last of the seventh, the National League for that long, long streak of wins in the All-Star Game tries to come back. The copy a slow roller charged by Aparicio, tagged one man throws on the first, double play, and a run scores. Carlson scores. I think Mickey was a little confused on that play and did not pick up the ball. If he had, he would have known that he had to stop and make Aparicio come and get him. Dennis ran into the tag. I think he was trying to get to second base to break up a double play, thinking Aparicio was going to toss the ball to the second baseman. Dennis knew that he had to break up the double play because of McCovey's bad leg. But instead, he just ran right into the tag by Aparicio, and it was an easy double play. 2-1, the score, Gaston. The tying run is on at third base, but two are out now, and Allen, who is hitless on the night, swings at the first pitch and misses, strike one. Allen flies deep to right in the first inning, Line to the second baseman in the third, and walks on a 3-2 pitch in the sixth. Terry has given up one run now, comes back inside and low to Allen, and it's 1-1. One Harry got in trouble, giving up a base hit to the first man he faced, Harrelson walked Gaston and again in trouble when his wildness forced him to hit Menke. Double play is allowed to run to score with Gaston on a third base. Allen swings and misses again. One and two. Allen, like all of these home run hitters, are free swingers. And unlike the Beckers who hit few home runs but seldom strike out. Terry ready on the one-two pitch, and throws in a foul upstairs. There are no screens or any kind of protection in front of the press box behind home plate, and the writers here had better stay pretty alert. That ball bounced in and out again. Very ready to throw one and two. It's low and in the dirt, picked up by Fossey. So Fossey is going to lose a few pounds tonight, catching as he is behind the plate, completely wet, but I'm sure at the moment completely happy. He has done quite a job. 2-2 now, Allen trying to get the tying run in, Jim Terry ready to throw and throws low and away, and we have a full count again, with Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose kneeling on deck. Perry stares in, has the sign, starts his motion. Goes again, he's called out on strikes. A fine pitch on the outside corner that Howard Allen fooled, but he was not angry with Albonic's call. He simply walks away and drops the bat. One run on one hit, no errors, and one man left at the end of seven complete. The American League has a now 2-1 to lead over the National. This is Sandy Koufax with Jim Simpson and Len Dillon in Cincinnati's new Riverfront Stadium at the 41st All-Star Game. At the end of seven innings, the American League holds a slim 2-1 to lead over the National League. For the American League, it's two runs, six hits, no errors. For the American National League, one run, three hits, and no errors. 51,838 people in the stands, plus one, the President of the United States. Jim, we have a few changes in the lineup. Willie McCovey stays on to play first base. And Joe Morgan comes on to play second base. McCovey the Giants. Morgan of the Houston Astros. And what a good thing this is for Joe. A few years ago, he was voted to the All-Star Game. And then he fractured his kneecap and could not play. Well, because Mion of Atlanta could not play in this game, Morgan gets to play. He was voted in 1966 and could not play. Bob Gibson has come on the pitch. But now we have... Deets of San Francisco behind the plate, Gibson the pitcher, McCovey of San Francisco at first, Morgan of Houston at second, Harrelson of the Mets at short, Robarkowitz of the Dodgers at third, Hickman of the Cubs in left, Gaston of San Diego in center, and Pete Rose of Cincinnati in right, and the batter, Aparicio, he's been in there all the way, up for the fourth time without a hit, swings and fouls the ball down the third baseline. Bob Gibson 12 and 4. Just had a 10-game winning streak snapped in his last start. 11 complete games and 19 starts this year. He's pitched 153 innings and has struck out 156 men. He's in his fifth All-Star game, and he's the fourth pitcher. At the moment, Gaylord Perry stands to be the loser in this 2-1 ballgame. We are in the eighth inning. Aparicio, the leadoff batter for the American League batting order, leads it off in the eighth and swings at a pitch. It's 0 2 to Luis. Gibson got off to a very slow start this year, and a lot of people started to write him off and say that uh, the fastball was gone, but all of a sudden it turned around. He started to throw hard, and he looks like the same pitcher he's been for a lot of years a great one. 1 and 2 in the last two pitches, Sandy, that he's given up for issue have been breaking pitches. 1 2 Back again. Morgan gets his chance after coming in at second base and throws on to McCovey, who gets his first chance in the field and is one down. And I would imagine that Nankie is seeking combat today after tonight. I think it looked for a while like the fighter who's maybe taking a few too many punches. And I think Gil Hodges, the manager, kept going out asking him if he could stay on his feet and he'd get a draw. Well, here is one great, Carl Yastrzemski, who back in 1967 faced another great, Bob Gibson, in that fine seven-game World Series between the Red Sox and Cardinals. Yastrzemski's had a great night tonight. Swings again on the first pitch and has his third hit. Rounds first base, throws in right field, fires on to second. Well, Yastrzemski, in the first inning, singled on a 1-1 pitch. He drove Woody Mays deep to the wall on the first pitch he saw in the fourth. He caught it. He singled on the first pitch he saw in the sixth, and he singles on the first pitch he sees in the eighth. And Willie Horton is up for the first time. I have to think that uh, Carl Yastrzemski might be a first-ball hitter. I know <laughs> that uh, Willie Horton is, and uh, I'm sure that Bob Gibson probably knows that. They've gone over each opposing player in the clubhouse before the game, and I'll be a little careful with the first pitch here. Willie Horton, hitting 304, takes the first pitch low. 16 home runs, 43 RBIs. Comes on with Yastrzemski on the first, one down on the top of the eighth. National League trails the American League two to one. Gibson ready and throwing, and Horton drills one to center field. It's going to drop in there in front of Gaston. Yastrzemski stops at second, and the American League is back in business. Second hit off Bob Gibson. Jim watching Gibby throw. He looked like he was throwing good, but not as hard as he can. And I think you're going to see what makes a fellow like Gibson a great pitcher. He's in trouble now. And all of a sudden, the fastball could just get a little bit quicker. Well, up for the first time is Amos Otis of Kansas City right-handed batter. Hits the first pitch to short right field. Rose is there. Yastrzemski is making as if the tag. He's going to third base. Rose's throw comes there. And Yastrzemski in ahead of the throw, going to third base. Staying on at first, of course, is Horton. They're two down with runners at first and
1: third.
0: Otis, who was up last time, saying and I saw it get into a triple play a couple of weeks ago on a ground ball. Now the batter is Brooks Robinson, who singled his first time up back in the seventh and later scored on Fosse's. Sacrifice fly to center. Gibson throws hard this time. Robinson drives Gaston back. Gaston on his horse. It'll be over his head. Domingo against the wall. Dostoevsky scores. Horton is on his way around third base. He'll score. On the way to third is Brooks Robinson. And he's in with a triple. Robinson two for two. It is four to one. The American League. I think all the players that are hitting against Gibson have swung at the first pitch and hit the ball fairly well. You just wonder if possibly they... Haven't found out something, or maybe just Bob is just throwing a fastball. It's, it's hard to tell from up here, but he's gotten hurt almost every time on the first pitch. Bob he's given up three runs on three hits, including the first extra base hit of the night. Three hits and two runs, and the score is 4-1. to one. Bob Gibson had that long winning streak of... 10, just snapped in his last start and the American League has jumped on him in a hurry tonight. Oliva swings on the first pitch and drills it high but to short right field. Pedro simply walks it now drops and takes it for the third out but Gibson is touched up. Two runs score on three hits no errors and Robinson left at third base in the middle of the eighth inning the American League four, the National League one. Six. The score at the end of seven and a half American League four, National League one. Rolls the switch hitter, batting left against Perry. Swings on the first pitch and fouls it off. Robinson is going over near the dugout, but it's going to be in the first row of seats as Robinson falls over the rolled-up tarpaulin over there, but is all right. of uh, the Dodgers, on deck, hoping to get up. That will get up for the first time in this ball game. Time running out on the National League. Earl Weaver, manager of Baltimore in the American League All-Stars, said he's going to break that seven-game streak. And at the moment, he's got a three-run lead with time running out in the last of the eighth. Carey's ready, throws outside and low to Rose, and it's one and one. He was up once before and walked back in the sixth inning. Jim Carey of Minnesota throws outside and high this time. It's two and one to Rose. Four runs on nine hits, no errors for the American League. One run, three hits, no errors on the National League. And the run that scored, scored on a double play. Therefore, nobody gets the RBR. Two and one pitch. Breaking pitch at the knees of Rose. It's 2-2, and Pete simply walks away from you know, I think again we see in this all-star game the, the dominance that pitching has, especially when they know they only have to go three innings. With all these great hitters, we haven't had very many balls hit well. Even some of the base hits have been not hit well. Rose strikes out swinging. Gets his second strikeout. Well, Cincinnati fans thus far have been disappointed. John Bench struck out three straight times. Tony Perez struck out twice and popped up. And Pete Rose has walked and struck out. Merritt, though, pitched fine. First pitch now to Rabarkowitz. So the Dodgers up for the first time. This ball one outside. Yeah, I think we're also at the point in the ballgame where you have to look at the pinch hitting possibilities. The National League has no more left handed pinch hitters left to come into the ballgame. Only Clementi and Joe Torrey have not yet appeared. The Barkowitz is hitting three forty. 40. Well, and away. 2 and 1 now. Billy. In his first All Star game. Fourth in the league in hitting. Very <laughs> ready again, hits this one high to short left field. Horton was playing deep, still on the dead run. Now says he's got it and takes it, turning towards second base. And very close to the shortstop, Aparicio. So <laughs> they're two down, and Hickman of the Cubs has. You said before, there's not much time left for the National League, and you can say that again as we've got one out to go in the eighth inning. Hunter goes back to warm-up again. For the American League, having a great year with Oakland. First pitch is high, in a way, to Jim Hickman of Chicago. On deck with his shin guards on is Dick Deets. Four runs, nine hits, no errors for the American League. One run, three hits, no errors for the National. In the last of the eighth, Perry is back and throws inside with a fastball and low, 2-0. and oh. Ray Fossey, Carl Yusemski, and Brooks Robinson have been the big guns for the American League. And their pitchers, Palmer, McDowell, who stands to win, and Perry have done quite well, giving up just three hits. Breaking pitch that's in there for a strike. It's 2-1. and one. To Hickman. Hickman came on, replacing Cardi, who started in left field. 2-1 pitch from Jim Perry, and it's swinging strike. It's 2-2. Two and two. not very quiet, because this has been the American League's ball game so far. Drive is foul, up and off to the right, out of play. Balls, two strikes, two outs. Hickman, the right-hander, facing Perry, the right-handed pitcher. In his back end, strikes him out, swinging. Nothing across at the end of eighth. The American League Four, the National League One. Nope. Back in Cincinnati, Bob Gibson throws to the first batter, Davy Johnson, who is one for three, swinging strike one. Along with Sandy Koufax and Len Dillon, this is Jim Simpson. Gibson is ready again, throws again, another swinging strike. It's 0-2 to Johnson. Johnson last time was robbed of an RBI when Harrelson at shortstop made a fine dive to stop his base hit from getting on through to the outfield. Gibson throws again a breaking pitch, but it's up high, and it's 1-2. and Davy Fly to right is also fouled out. 4-1, the American League. We are in the top of the ninth inning. Drive foul upstairs, off to the right. Well, it'll drop in that big field section. They have four levels here. The lows, the club level, the plaza level, and the field section. Johnson strikes out, reaching for an outside pitch. That's the first strikeout for Bob Gibson. Tom Seaver, who started for the National League, gave up one hit. Struck out four in his three innings. Well, here's Fosse, who has singled and scored a run, and his line, sacrifice fly to deep center field, scored another. The Cleveland young catcher takes high from Bob Gibson. It's ball one. Fossey's only 23 years old, born and lives in Marion, Illinois. Jim Fergosi, who has not been in the ballgame yet, hitting 298. George stopped for California out and swinging a bat on deck. 2 0 the count to Fossey. Foul out of play to the right. Article not too long ago about how come Ray Fossey, who last year spent all the year, didn't catch too much for the Indians, and he hit 172, is doing so well. Answer I got married. <laughs> 2 and 1. it in the dirt. 3 and 1. And Bob Gibson definitely has not been the Bob Gibson we are used to seeing. And certainly not the Bob Gibson that rolled off that uh, 10-game winning streak. They jumped on his first pitches in the eighth inning, picked up two runs on three hits, including a triple. And now Fosse also runs to first base drawing the walk. Gibson has walked his first man. Jim Bob looks like he's having a little bit of trouble with his rhythm. Uh, he's throwing fairly well. It's not the overpowering stuff that he usually has, but he's not making his pitches. He's missing with the fastball. He's missing with the breaking ball. And he, he just doesn't look really too comfortable out on the mound tonight. Jim Fergosi hitting 298 has an eight game hitting streak going for him in the regular season, over which time he's been hitting 484. He swings and misses at the first pitch. Right handed batter. Drafted out of the Boston organization by the Angels when they were getting started and has been with them ever since. One strike to him with Fossey at first base. Gibson throws, breaking pitch, it's fouled off to the on-deck batter, who throws it back to Gibson. Well, Fossey, who came on a relief of freehand, as we said, a single and scored on. Sacrifice fly, and now on his third time at bat, in his first All-Star game, has drawn a walk. Pitches outside, and it's one and two. The Jim Fergosi Four to one, the American League, top of the ninth inning at the 41st All Star Game. Foul back upstairs. The American League trying to break that dominance of the National League over the last seven years, and the National League has also won eleven of the last thirteen. And lead in overall games twenty two to seventeen with one a time. The one two pitch from Bob Gibson, big curve, very high, and it's two two. Gibson, a native of Omaha, Nebraska. Fossey not taking too big a lead. William McCovey, the Giants, is holding him on at first base. Gibson ready, and fergosi pokes one out into left field. Back goes Hickman. Back near the 375 mark. Almost fell down, and now it gets it as he goes into the wall. Taking a look at Gaston. And Fossey has to run back to first. Yeah, I think that's one of the other problems in uh, all-star games, not being used to the fellow that's playing next year. The left fielder doesn't know the center fielder. The center fielder doesn't know the left fielder. Jim went back on that ball, looked for Gaston in center field, and almost fell down trying to get his footing again. And that, that's one of your problems. Well, here's Aparicio, who is playing all the way for the American League. As has Carl Dostromsky. And Davey Johnson. One strike as he fouls the first one off. Two outs. Aparicio takes high. It's one and one. Louise struck out in the first, grounded out in the third, flied out in the sixth, and grounded out again in the eighth. He's 0 for 4. Gibson back, and he swings and misses. It's 1-2. Throughout Fossey still on at first base. Gibson ready to throw, and Aparicio tried to bunt his way on, but instead bunts it foul for a call strike, or for a strike three, so it's no runs, no hits, no errors, one left. The National League has one more chance. We go to the last of the ninth, the American League leading by the score of four to one. The line score at the end of eight and a half. The American League, four runs on nine hits and no errors. The National League, one run, three hits, no errors. Jim? Well, in the last couple of years, Jim Catfish Hunter of Oakland has won 13 games, and in the third year, he won 12. Already in 1970, he has won 13 ball games, and he's coming to save this one for Sam McDowell and the American League, and to break that seven-game winning streak of the National League. He'll face first, Dick Dietz. Aparicio remains in, Davey Johnson remains in, Yostemski remains in, whereas Gil Hodges has taken out every one of his starters. Chris Peterson of the Yankees is warming up just in case. The right-hander, Hunter, gets in trouble. Dietz in his first all-star game. Up for the first time. From the San Francisco Giants, the catcher. Takes a strike from Hunter. Well, here's somebody across the bay. From San Francisco, Hunter pitching to a man from across the bay. Dietz from San Francisco. Now, Stottlemyre. We've got two Yankees in the bullpen. Outside and low, it's one and one. The Dick Dietz. No Yankee has yet appeared. And we told you, Roy White was also hit by a ball before the game in his arm and has not come back to play. It's 2-1 and one now as Hunter's next pitch is high. Harrelson is kneeling on deck. Hunter throws. Ball is hit to center field. Back goes Amos Otis. Back looking up at the wall. And Dick Keats has a home run. The first, uh, that's the first home run here tonight. It's uh, interesting to me. I wanted to see just how the ball carried in this ballpark, and it seems like it, uh, it does carry pretty well. Dietz is not a great slugger not known for hitting the long ball. He hit that ball all the way out in center field. And Halston follows up, swinging on the first pitch and lines a single to left field. It's 4-2, to two, the American League and the National League ninth inning. And here comes the National League, and here comes Earl Weaver quickly to the mound. Jim, it's amazing just how quickly a ball game changes its complexion. It looked like there was no problem, three run lead. And all of a sudden, you look up, and on two pitches, the tying run is at the plate in the ball game. And uh, it may be uh, just a little bit of trouble here for the American League. Gaston is on deck. He drew a walk. Weaver is talking along with Posse, his catcher. Four runs, nine hits, no errors for the American League. The National League is not going quietly, however. Two runs, five hits, and no errors. Two of those hits, and one of those runs, and this, the last of the ninth inning. I think getting the tying run to the plate has brought a little bit of action in the National League bullpen. Claude Osteen, the pitcher from the Los Angeles Dodgers, has gotten up the throw. Gaston of San Diego, takes a strike at the knees. That ball cleared just where it says four oh four in straightaway center field. Geese has 18 home runs on the ear, and in his first all-star bat, he gets a home run. Gaston goes around trying to check his swing. It's strike two. Joe Morgan of the Astros on deck, breaking pitch, and it's popped up to the end field. It's waving everybody off in front of Davy Johnson and takes it for the first out. Harrelson, of course, holds on. Let me talk about fellows who have had good nights here. Uh, so far, it's been a losing cause, but Bud Harrelson of the Mets has only been up twice. has gotten two hits and done a fine job in the field. So there's been a lot of players here tonight who have looked good and uh, proved they're all stars. Joe Morgan takes a strike from Hunter. Morgan has two home runs this year, but has surprising power on occasion for a little man, can get the ball around very well. Get the bat around and hit the ball long distance. Sand and I saw him hit a home run in the Dome that there was no question about, and it's difficult to hit it there. One and one the count to him. Helson on at first, four to two to score in the last of the ninth inning. Did not go all the way around. Now, now Alex said he did go around. Fossey looked back and challenged him. As Morgan looked like he went around... Nothing was said. Fossey looked back and said, what? And Bollock said, it is a strike. Knowing how Bollock and how good an umpire he is, I'm sure that the late call on that came because he was checking with the third base umpire. The third base umpire will give the home plate umpire a sign on check swings to let him know if the batter went around. 2-2 to Morgan with one out. 4-2 the score. Last of the ninth inning. The American League leads. Hunter throws. Again, a check swing by Morgan. And it's 3-2. Morgan trying to get on base, and kneeling on deck is Willie McCovey. The one thing Morgan does not want, of course, is a double play to end the ball game. Give McCovey the shot at it. Breaking pitch, lines it to right field. Over quickly is Oliva, picks it up, stopping at second is Harrelson. Men on first and second, and Willie McCovey the batter. And Earl Weaver quickly out of the dugout and probably will go to Peterson, the left hander The pitch to the left-handed, McCovey. Jim, on the National League bench, you only have two players right now, except for the pitchers who have not been in the ballgame, and they are both right-hand hitters, both good right-hand hitters. Joe Torrey of the Cardinals and Roberto Clemente of the Pirates. Clemente uh, has had a problem with his neck, whether it is so bad that he can't hit or can't play. Uh, we don't know, but uh, there is the possibility if Gil Hodges wanted to make the change, he's got two fellows sitting there who can hit the ball out of any ballpark anywhere. Well, Hunter is gone. One-third of an inning responsible thus far for one run. Three hits, retired just one man. And, of course, this game could be tied with both runs charged to Hunter, who cannot lose it also seemed like something had to happen. It's uh, just too good a lineup, both clubs, the National League and the American League club, and it was a great tribute to the American League pitching that they held it so long, but to hold that National League lineup to only three hits through nine innings, that's a, that's a great chore for a pitching staff to come up with, and it would be exactly the same kind of chore for the National League staff to hold the American League club to only three hits, so... It took a while, but I think uh, the talent on both these lineups is starting to show up. Uh, for the National League, is showing up very late, possibly too late for them. Uh, we can only wait and see right now. As McCovey comes out, Roberto Clemente comes to the on-deck circle. So the National League has two great shots at it. McCovey, remember, however, he is working with that pulled hamstring muscle. And with the possibility of a double play, he will not be able to give it his all going on the first base line. Peterson... Has won 10 lost 5. His earned run average 3.77 for the Yankees. And now is ready to pitch to Willie McCovey. It's doubtful that you'd bunt with a hitter like McCovey, but the percentages, the rules of baseball so-called say that you play for a tie at home and play to win on the road. This is the home mark for the National League, so... There is still the possibility with McCuff- with uh, committee on deck that McCovey might be budding, but I wouldn't look for it. McCovey takes a giant swing. Strike one. Allison down at second base. Joe Morgan on at first base. And quickly Ray Fossey of the Indians out. The talk with Fritz Peterson. One out last of the night. Four runs, nine hits. No errors for the American League. The National League with its... Perhaps last chance, two run, six hits, no errors. Slide right, left-hander, are the Angels now up and throwing. Joining Stottlemyre, the Yankees, in the American League bullpen. Osteen still down in the National League bullpen. One strike to McCovey, Peterson ready. Throws from the stretch, fouled off to the left and out of play by McCovey. And quickly, Peterson has him down 0-2. Lametti, who had a sore neck and did not come in until after the workout yesterday, kneeling on deck, some question whether or not he would play. He thought he wouldn't. But he's here. Could be in a position to be the hero of the game. That at one moment it looked like he wasn't going to play it. Peterson backs ground ball, take hit, past Johnson. Nelson comes on to score. It's four to three, and the tying run, Morgan, at third base, from Fleming, the batter. first base hit that ball pretty well he's not the kind of hitter who's going to be intimidated because it's the left-hand pitcher I'm sure that he'd be the first to admit that it's a lot easier for him to hit against right-handers but he got up there and hit the ball hard his back through the middle and right now the tying run is only 90 feet away and uh, the winning runs at first base and I, I would think we may have a pinch runner here for McCovey uh, Jill Hodges out to talk to him along with Lo Harris, the first base coach, to find out if Willie can run it all. I would think that we're going to have to have a pinch runner. It might even be the pitcher, Claude Osteen. Osteen is going to run. In. Osteen coming in. McCovey marches off. And Roberto Clemente with a 355 batting average comes to bat. One out. The winning run is Claude Osteen over at first base. The tying run is Joe Morgan over at third base. One is out, and Earl Weaver is out of the dugout. And marching forth the mound with a side trip to look at Fossey, calling him. American League Baltimore manager really wants to win this one. And with Clemente, a right-hander up, he might be going to the percentages and to out on the bullpen. I would think definitely that he'll go with Stottlemyre. Uh, the one thing Earl needs right here and needs badly is the double play. Uh, Stottlemyre is a sinker ball pitcher. He keeps the ball low. He has a lot of ground balls hit off of him, but I can tell you that he runs extremely well. He gets out of the box well. He gets down the line well. He doesn't hit into a lot of double plays, but he does hit the ball hard. And Everybody says you just can't outrun the ball. So if he hits it hard on the ground at one of the infielders, There's a good chance of the double play, but he's a tough man to double. Al Stottlemyre comes in. He is the sixth American League pitcher, and he is the third in this, the ninth inning. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. Dottelmeyer in the ballgame now, as we said a little bit earlier, is a good low ball pitcher. He keeps most of his pitches down. He has a sinking fastball and a good slider and curveball, which he'll try and keep down. I think in this inning here, you'll probably see the American League play in a little bit at the corners and deep at short and second. They'll go for the double play if the ball is hit to the second baseman or the shortstop. I would think they'll go to the plate if it's hit to the first baseman or the third baseman. It's the ninth inning, you're on the road. You don't want to allow the other team to tie the ball game because once you go into, into extra innings, well, the home team has got a great advantage. Morgan, of course, has fine speed at third base. Lametti, he'd only hit a ball to the outfield, perhaps, to score the tying run and send this, the 41st Major League All-Star game, into extra innings. Clemente hitting at 355. Stadelmeyer with an 8 and 8 record in the throw and throws the ball is bouncing around in front of Fosse Gets behind him, but he finally digs it out. Ball one. Yeah, I think that was a big break right there for the American League. I think that ball got by Fosse. I think it hit Al Barlick. And that's the only thing that kept it from going all the way to the backstop. So that was a big break for the American League. We could have had a tie ball game with a winning run in scoring position just as quickly as anything. Stadelmeyer, of course, has been a 20-game winner over the last two years three of the last four years, eight and eight as we said this year, and the second Yankee pitcher in this inning, one and oh the count to Clemente, one out, last of the night, four to three, going away, it's two and oh. I think in this situation you also run into another problem, with the double play in order both your second baseman and your shortstop have to cheat just a little bit, so that they can make the play, and they're both bunched around second base. So if he pulls the ball or hits it to right field, it's got a chance to go through. Took a big swing, fouls it back. It's two and one. Kneeling on deck. Winner of the National League batting championship the last two years in a row, Pete Rhodes. Four to three. We are in the ninth inning at this game, which cruised along strictly in the pitcher's hip pocket for a long while. is now broken open and it's four to three. With most of the scoring done since the seventh inning. Back again with a high pitch. Breaking pitches did not come down. It's three and one to Clemente. And he looks down quickly to Leo DeRocer, who just gives him a fist and claps his hands. Clemente can hit anything near the plate, over the plate, or not so near the plate. A a bad ball hitter, but a great hitter. The three and one pitch. He swings at it and it looked like it was in on him, but he found it back. And now asks something to get his hands it is very moist and humid to get his hands dry and perhaps stickier the humidity is very high the temperature is very high and has been all day and much of the evening so now three and two and one out the tying run at third base the winning run on at first and a four-time nationally batting champion Roberto Clemente at the bat facing a three-time 20-game winner Mel Stadelmeyer Saddlemar is ready, a drive out into center field. Over comes the center fielder. Otis makes a fine catch, but here comes Morgan. We've got a tie in. No doubt that this is not a nonpartisan crowd. Cincinnati, a great baseball down. The old, oldest franchise in baseball really rooting for the National Leaguers here tonight. Pete Rose, their hero, the batter, and takes a strike at the knees. Our game, two out now. Go ahead, run. Todd Osteen running a McCuddy on at first base. That ball by Clemente was well hit on the 3-2 pitch. Another pitch is outside this time. The Rose it's 1-1. and he has walked and struck out. The Cincinnati batters tonight have been disappointing for the home crowd. Johnny Bench, as we said, struck out three times. Tony Perez struck out twice and popped up to the infield. Rose has walked and struck out. They'd like some action from their fine hitters. Swing and a miss. It's one and two. And the scoreboard in center field says, how do you like the show so far? Four to four. They've tied it up with a man out in the last of the ninth inning. Roberto Clemente driving in Morgan from third base. Another swing and Rose strikes out again, but the National League with three runs in the ninth inning ties it. On four hits, no errors and one left at the end of nine, American League four, National League Four. Hello again from Cincinnati's Riverfront Stadium. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax and Lynn Dillon. Claude Osteen, who came on to run for McCubby while warming up, stays in to do the pitching. Jim Hickman has come in from left field to play first base. Pete Rose has gone from right to left. and Roberto Clemente, who tied the ball game up, has gone in the right field. Jim, uh, right now you'd have to say this the National League does have a little bit of an edge. Uh, as soon as you go into extra innings and you're tied... It's just uh, a great advantage to the home team. It becomes sudden death for them. If the American League can score here, well, the National League still has another chance. But any time the National League can score, if they can hold the American League down, it's a sudden death victory. And it's, it's a nice feeling when you're at home and you're in extra innings. Well, Earl Mever, Weaver made all of the moves, Sandy, trying to pull the victory out for the American League the first time after seven straight years. But he doesn't have it yet. It's four to four. Here's Jastrzemski, who the last three times up has hit the first pitch. One deep to center field, the other two for singles. Claude Osteen to do the pitching, and this time he can't hit the first pitch. It's in the dirt and through the legs of the catcher, Dick Deats. Jastrzemski will be followed by Willie Horton. We are in the top of the tenth inning. Four to four the score. No score until American League got one in the sixth. And Ashley got three in the last of the night. Dostromsky grounds one. Hickman backs on it. Osteen comes over quickly to cover first. Almost missed the bag and had to swoop in on it, but does for the first out. Looks like Claude might have got just a little disorientated with that baseline. Uh, I would think that it might be a little difficult to get yourself lined up. Most of the time, the pitcher likes to cut over to the baseline and then try and run parallel to it. And here, with all that green, it looked like he had a little trouble finding it. At that now, Willie Horton, who's single. The last time up and scored one of the two runs in the eighth inning off Bob Gibson. Now this game now belongs to Claude Osteen and Mel Saddlemeyer. An outside pitch to Horton, it's ball one. Horton, of course, has great power. Willie made the news by the other day, well, I guess it's been a week or more now, that he gave a big cookout for the ground crew at the stadium. Here's a drive to deep right field. Clemente going back, looking up, off the wall, plays it there. Horton goes towards second base, and that is one of the longest singles you'll see. Clemente with that rifle arm fires it in, playing it off the fence. And Horton has a long single about 385 feet away. in addition to his great arm, Roberto Clemente could possibly be a billiard master if he put his mind to it. I've never seen him play a ball off the wall and be in bad position now. He catches balls off irregular walls. He's always in the right place, and he has made some of the longest singles look pretty futile when base runners try and go for two. Amos Otis, who swung at the first pitch he saw in his first appearance in the eighth and fly to right, is the batter. Horton at first base. Otis takes inside from Florida Steen. That was a ball, remember, hit to right field, and Horton is a right-handed batter, showing you he has power in all directions. 1-0 1-0 now to Amos Otis of Kansas City, playing center field. Made a fine running catch in a inning or so ago. Back again. Ground ball could be double play. Short stop to second base. Morgan on to Hickman. Double play. And actually dumps to bat in the last of the 10th inning with a high ball game 4-4. Four to four. Paul Saddlemeyer will face Bill Demarkiewicz of the Dodgers in the last of the 10th inning. He fly to short left last time up his only other time up. And a good breaking pitch from Stottlemyre, strike one. On deck is Hickman. National League got three in the last of the ninth at night. Saddlemyer has him swinging this guy and fouling it at the plate. And two strikes to Jabarkowicz. The billy. In his first All-Star game. Fourth in the league. in hitting. it. is hitting 340. Hits this one high to short left field. Horton was playing deep, still on the dead run. Now says he's got it and takes it, turning towards second base. And very close to the shortstop, Aparicio. Ah. Here is Hickman who's popped out and struck out. The Angels hitter, the Chicago Cubs outfielder, infielder, plays both the outfield as well as first base. And tonight he's been forced to playing first base here. As Dick Allen and William McCovey, two first basemen, are out of the lineup. They've been in the ballgame and now out. one no pitches right down the middle. One and one. To Jim Hickman of Chicago. Four runs, ten hits, no errors for the American League. Four runs, seven hits, no errors for the National League. Last of the tenth in Cincinnati. The National Leaguers got three in the last of the ninth to stave off a defeat. Swing, strike to Hickman. It's one and two. Stonelmeyer came on. Gave up a single to McCovey and a hard liner. That was caught by Clemente and Hickman strikes out. Stottlemyre has now struck out two. And here is Dietz. First time up in an all-star game in the ninth inning, he shot it all by hitting a ball 404 feet away for a home run in his first at-bat as an all-star. Makes a fastball outside. It's 1-0. and Jim, we've got a little note here uh, that there have been five previous x inning games, and they've all been won by the National League. Last one was at 15 inning affair. There. There's a line drive right to Davey Johnson at 2nd. It's all over. That last one in 1967 won by Tony Perez. No runs, hits, or errors. At the end of ten, we've still got a tie ball game. Four to four. (laughs) Come Riverfront Stadium on a hot and humid but exciting night. This is the 41st Major League All-Star game, and this is Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax and Lundell. Four runs, ten hits, no errors for the American League. Four runs, seven hits, no errors for the National League. We go now to the 11th inning. And Brooks Robinson, who has singled and scored a run and tripled in two in the eighth inning, as the batter is Clyde Wright begins to warm again for the American League. 1967, 2-1 one on Perez's home run, 15 innings, National League. 1966, 10 innings, 2-1, National League. 1961, in the first game of two that year, 10 innings, 5-4, National League. 1955, 12 innings, 6-5, National League. And 1950, 14 innings, 4-3, four National League. Robinson having a great night thus far and is facing the left-hander Claude Osteen as we go to the top of the 11th inning Osteen is ready to throw and Brooks takes outside Ball one Robinson right-handed batter waits for Osteen the Dodgers next row again outside it's 2-0 oh. There are not many people when you start to maneuver now Sandy that either manager has left with which to maneuver so I think other than pitchers, the only player Gil Hodges has left is Joe Torrey, the catcher from the Cardinals. Rounder on three hops to the shortstop, who throws out Robinson. Harrelson over to Hickman. One out on the 11th. And manager Weaver has only catcher Moses. Roy White, if he's able to play, as you said, he was hit before the game. We don't know if he's in uniform still. And Sandy Alibar. Tony Oliva, who has walked and flied to right. Oliva, of course, has power and can go to all fields. Gaston, realizing he is a left-handed batter, pulls him around to pull to right. But Oliva, as American leaders know, can go anyway. I think only the center fielder has moved in any one direction. Both the right and the left fielder are playing him sort of straight away. He can hit the ball all over, but the center fielder has to commit himself one way or the other even so he can just see the ball. <laughs> the pitcher isn't in the way first pitch from Osteen is high, and it's 1-0 to Tony Oliva, the Minnesota Twins. Osteen ready, and Oliva fouls it off. It's 1-1. Well, I know, for example, in Europe, where they're listening on AFRTS, it's not only late here in the United States, where so it's after 11 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone, but it's tomorrow morning. Many of our American forces and... Folks overseas are probably getting up and having breakfast and listening to this game. Fouled back again by Oliva. It's one and two. One out, 11th inning, four to four. Claude Osteen is the fifth pitcher. Receiver started. Had a fine training. Merritt worked well for his two. Then Terry gave up a couple of runs. Gibson two more. Osteen now working. Osteen ready to throw. One, two, and there's a drive down the line. In right field, it is fair. Oliva is on his way around first base. The rifle arm of Clemente in the throw at a second base. And I want to tell you, Oliva just does get there with a the double. Clemente from the deepest corner by the line. Got a ball on one hop to Morgan, the second baseman at second. But the go-ahead run is at second base.
1: And here's Davy Johnson
0: looking for his second hit of the night. He's got an infield hit, one for four. Clemente made a good play on that ball. There's not much you could do with it. There's no way to keep it from being a double. Oliva runs too well. Clemente got the ball in as quickly as he could with a strong throw. But it was an easy double for Tony. Davey Johnson, right-handed batter, trying to get Oliva around. Ground ball. Oliva has to hold up. Charging in from third bases. Robarkowitz throwing on to Hickman at first. And Johnson is out. And Oliva has to hold off. Well, if there's ever a hero, here's the one for the American League thus far tonight. One of them, at least. In his first All-Star game, he singled and scored a run in the sixth. His line drive sacrifice line drove in a run in the seventh, and he walked. In the ninth, Ray Fossey. And with that in mind, first base open. Gil Hodges comes running out to talk to Claude Osteen. Well, with the open base, Jim, and Roy White, as I see now, is on deck. He, I'm glad to see that the injury was not bad enough uh, to keep him out of the ballgame I think Joe came out to ask Claude whether he'd rather pitch to Fossey or pitch to White or whether he knows how to pitch to Fossey just to make sure Fossey as we said and his uniform has been dripping for some time steps in completely drenched just as though somebody turned a hose on him catching behind the plate of this high temperature high humidity night in Cincinnati Ohio Osteen is now ready Strike on the outside corner. Fossey looks at it. Oliva started off second base. Walks back not quite. Checks around to see where Morgan is, where Harrelson is. The second baseman and shortstop of the National League. Making sure no one is sneaking in behind him. Hostine working from the stretch, looking back now at Oliva. And throwing ground ball. Harrelson at shortstop scoops it up. Throws on to first base. And he's got him. A run. One hit. No, one left. We go to the last for the 11th. and it's a four-to-four times. At the end of ten and a half innings, it is the American League. Four runs, 11 hits, no errors. The National League, four runs, seven hits, and no errors. Jim? Well, Clyde Wright has come on the pitch. He's a left-hander. As we go to the last of the 11th inning, and as a matter of fact, Earl Weaver has no more right handers Still in the bullpen. end. Mike Priar of Baltimore, Dave McNally of Baltimore, and both are left-handers. Sandy Alomar has gone in to play second base. So whatever Earl Weaver in the American League do, they're going to do it with left-handers. Clyde Wright, 27 years old, born in Johnson City, Tennessee. He was 1-8 and eight last year, believe it or not. This year he's 12 and 6. And is going to face a fellow that's having a good night. Switch hitter Ken Harrelson, who has two hits and has scored two runs. Horner, a left-hander of the Phillies now, warms up for the National League. Harrelson with a 266 average. Wide right, the owner of a no-hitter against Oakland. On July 3rd. That's a pretty good hitting ball club, the Oakland club. Four to four to score, last to 11. Harrison now steps in as Al Barlick was yelling up to the public address system here. Right, ready. Strike. Call from right. Well, this has been quite a ball game. The National League came up with three in the last of the ninth, and here we are, 4-4. Four, four. There's a drive down the line, but it's cold foul, and Halston doesn't hit him much better than that. He really got around on that ball. Now I began to realize what the Cincinnati papers quoted the White House as saying about President Nixon. He's going to stay until the last out. Well, this ball game is now three hours old. It's still going, and Mr. Nixon is still here. Two strikes pitch to Halston. This one is hit the center field. And Amos Otis is right there, moving only a few steps to his right, and has it for the first out of the National League eleventh. And Gaston, Clarence Gaston of San Diego, has walked and popped to the first baseman as the batter. Coming out on deck is Joe Morgan. Sandy and I have pointed out there's not much maneuvering to be done here. Sandy Alomar is now in the ballgame. Moses has not yet played. And the pitchers who are left in the American League are all left-handers. Ball one. Roy White, of course, the switch hitter, was out, ready to swing last time, but never got up. 1-0, right, left-hander moving to the right-hander, Gaston, who does have power. Ground ball very fast. Alomar goes to his knees, takes it, and throws on to Shremsky at first base. Two down. It's interesting to see the way some of the infielders have played on the right side of the infield. Your second baseman, your first baseman. The ball gets to them so quickly they have time to get down on one knee to field the ball before throwing it to first. Two outs now, and Joe Morgan, the left-hander, steps in against the left-hander Clyde right. Four to four, the score. Last of the 11th inning of the 41st Major League All-Star Game. The pitch is low to Morgan, ball one. Four runs, 11 hits, no errors for the American League. Four runs, seven hits, no errors for the National League. Right back and throwing low again. Horner, Wilhelm, and Simpson, who last pitched on Sunday, remain available to manager Gil Hodges. 2 0 pitch, again low for right. And suddenly he's lost the touch and has thrown three low pitches, and it's 3 and 0 to Joe Morgan. kneeling on deck. 3-0 pitch, right down the middle. 3-1. Osteen wears the blue and the white of the Dodgers, is wearing a red batting helmet, and for the moment threw me off.
1: 3-1,
0: right, ready to go again. Swing and a miss on a 3-1 pitch. Ball popped out of the glove of Fosse, and it's now 3-2. Tim Osteen is a good hitting pitcher. He has pinch hit for the Dodgers many times, but uh, he's not uh, that crazy about hitting against left-handers. White with the long wait now ready on three, two, ground ball. It's fouled. Skips past Lumen Harris, the coach at first base, picked up by the bullpen catcher in the National League bullpen. It is still three-two, with two out in the last eleventh inning. The crowd for the moment very quiet at Riverfront Stadium. Beautiful stadium opened up here at the end of June. Three-two pitch. He didn't mean to do it, but check swing. Ball goes to the shortstop, which goes on the first, and they've got him. The runs, hits, or errors. We're at the end of the eleventh inning now. The American League four, the National League four. Jim Simpson, with Sandy Koufax, and Len Dillon. The All-Star Game, Cincinnati, Ohio top of the 12th inning and up for the first time is Sandy Alomar. In his first all-star game, he's a switch hitter. 26 years old, born and still lives in Salinas, Puerto Rico. Good base runner and having a fine year. Alomar hitting a 260 and at one time had a hitting streak. Check swing, but the ball is a strike. It's 0-1 to Alomar. He had a 22-game hitting streak. Broken just about two weeks ago at Kansas City. Four to four, the score. Osteen throws outside, and it's one and one out of Alabama. Now, well, no runs at all scored until the sixth inning. And the National League went into the last of the ninth inning, trailing four to one. Geach split it off with a home run many sacrifice fly, tied it up later. Ball hits the right field. Clemetti is there, backs a little bit now, taps his glove and takes it for the first out of the twelve. Line drive off the bat of Alomar, but to the opposite field. And here is the oldest man who is a starter for either team, Luis Aparicio, and he's been there all the way. He and Yostemski are the only ones left. Who started this game and now in the twelfth inning find themselves still here. Aparicio fouls one back near a camera position. Down along the third baseline. 0-1. Osteen used to pitch for Cincinnati at one time. Foul at the plate now. Jumps out in front of the plate on the artificial turf. Picked up by geeks well, in case you just joined us, we are in the Riverfront Stadium. The score is four to four. And if you didn't hear our description of the Riverfront Stadium before, it is almost completely artificially turf. With just twenty by twenty sections around first, second, and third, there is no skin of the infield. What used to be the dirt part of the infield is completely artificially turf. First well, time that's been done in baseball. Oh, and two now to Aparicio. One out in on the twelfth. Outside pitch from Osteen. It's one and two. On deck is Carl Yastrzemski, who has had quite an All-Star game. In this, his sixth All-Star game and his fourth start, it's been a long one. One, two pitch, low and in the dirt. Two, two. Sapparicio. If you're wondering where Sandy is, Sandy Koufax. He's moved over for the moment to the television side of our NBC coverage of this, the 41st Major League All-Star baseball game. Two, two. Now to the right-handed Luis Aparicio, 36 years old, swings and rips one for the American League dugout bounces off the fence and will be secured down the left field line by Russ Getz, an umpire of the American League. Osteen wiping his brow using the back of his sleeves, wearing the long sleeves tonight. Rose now drive to center field. Gaston started in, now just waits there and takes the line drive for the second out. Two balls have been hit hard off Osteen. A line of the right, now a line at the center, but he's gotten both of the men out, and here's Jastrzemski. Jastrzemski single in the first, hit the first pitch, and back Willie Mays to the center field wall before he caught it in the fourth. Single in the sixth, single and scored a run in the eighth, and down to the first baseman in the tenth. Dastrzemski has 21 home runs this year, but it's a left-hander against a left-hander. Did he take a swing? Goes to his left knee. Big, hard swing, trying to perhaps end it and miss the 12th inning. Ball pops out of the mat, but uh, the glove of Dick Dietz. But Barlick says that it did tick the bat of Carl Dastrzemski, so that's strike two. Estremski did not offer it the ball, but had his bat out over the plate, holding it high, and it did hit it. Hickman, as all good infielders do in the late innings, is guarding that line down along first base. Doesn't want the extra base hit. Estremski fouls it off to the left, and out of play up behind home plate. Got show and 2 and now again that flag in right center field begins to blow for a long time. The winds were still here in Cincinnati. Two strikes to Yastrzemski. Two out on the 12th inning for the American League. Low and away, it's one and two. Well, the National League used Seaver, then Merritt, then Terry, then Gibson, then Osteen. The American League, Palmer, McDowell, Terry, Hunter, Peterson, Stottlemyre, and Clyde Wright is working. Yastrzemski hits the drive to center field. In comes Gaston. As it goes, he doesn't. It got fine. Yastrzemski digging for second. Gaston's throw is low and bounds away from Harrelson. Gaston thought he had it, was slow in retrieving it, and then slow in doing something with it. Dostromsky never hesitated and teamed a second, catching Gaston by surprise, and his ball was thrown into the artificial curve. And the go had run us at second base, and Kyle Dostromsky has his fourth base hit of the evening, and Horton, who is two for two, is the batter. And Dick Dietz is pointing at first base, saying, put him on. Oh, they're going to put Woody Horton on. Home run threat. Trying to get to Amos Otis, the youngster from Kansas City, who has fly to right and hit into a double play. Otis, though, carries with him a fine batting average of 310. That's ball three. Now Osteen throws to deep. Ball four. And Horton drops down to first base. And with two out, men on first and second, Amos Otis. The youngster from Kansas City gets a chance to do it all. Third walk given up by National League Pitching. This one, of course, intentional. Otis came over to Kansas City in the trade that brought Joe Ford to Kansas City. Right-handed batter. Twenty-three years old. Drive to right field. Come started in. Now goes back, puts his glove up, and one-hands it for the final out. Osteen in a lot of trouble and got out of a lot of trouble. No runs, one hit, no errors, two left. In the middle of the 12th, it's four to four. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax and Lynn Dillon back in Cincinnati. Last of the 12th, and Joe Torrey is the batter, and this is the last man that Gil Hodges has to use aside from pitchers. Clyde right. the pitcher, and throws. It's outside. Torrey hitting a 307, 10 home runs, 47 RBIs. And of course, he plays now with the St. Louis Cardinals. Has been a catcher, first baseman, and a little bit of third base. The 1 0 count from right misses. Yastrzemski's fourth hit ties an all-star game record. Joe Medwick had four hits in 1937. Ted Williams in 1946 had the name Carl Yastrzemski in 1970. 2 0. Pitches inside, and as Wright, when he ran into trouble back in the 11th inning and began to miss with Joe Morgan, his pitches were all low. 3-0 now, and he hasn't come up to the waist yet of Choi. He's been down by the knees or lower. Comes down with the automatic strike this time, chest high. It's 3-1. Choi looks down to Rocher to see what it is he's supposed to do. 4-4. We're in the last of the 12th. And as Sandy pointed out, as you know I'm sure, being the last of the 12th, the last of any inning, the National League has the advantage. One run and they've got it. Drive Robinson is handcuffed by it, but the good first third baseman throws. What a play. Yastrzemski went high in the air. He was off the bag and leaped in midair and tied Tori as he went by. John Rice called Torrey out. Joe had something to say, but goes back. Robinson on this Astro turf was handcuffed, came up with the ball and had to throw while leaping in midair. Yastrzemski left in midair and turned spinning while in midair and tagged out Troy, who, of course, is not one of the fastest men in the world and therefore that play could develop and Joe still not reach first base. Well, Roberto Clemente in a vicious line drive that Otis Hall down in center field is drive in the tying run in the ninth inning takes strike one from Clyde Light. Well, that time, Wright was in trouble. Three 0 to Torrey. We got a call strike and got him on a 3-1 pitch. And a couple of fine bits of playing by Brooks Robinson and Carter Stemski. Pitch is low, and it's 1-1 one one. to Roberto Clemente. Clemente, a three fifty-five hitter in the regular season. Hits it off the fists, and it's picked up by Sandy Alomar, who throws on to Stemski, and they two out in the National League 12. Up, Pete Rose, and boy, Rose now switches around the bat from the right side, the switch hitter, and with the Cincinnati fans love to see him enter. The Cincinnati hitters have not been hitting tonight, and Rose has walked and struck out twice. Perez struck out twice. then struck out three times. Right throws, low and in the dirt, dug out by Fawcett. Right, ready for the one and zero pitch two out, last of the twelfth, four to four in this all-star baseball game. Very high and it's one and one. Make that two beg all. Thank you,
1: Paul.
0: All right taking his time on the mound. We'll repeat again, it is a very hot it, muggy night. Here comes the 2-0 pitch to Rose, and he laces a single up the middle. Otis comes over, goes down to one knee, Rose starts to go. going to second base, but Otis hustles his throw into Alomar, and he retreats. On the winning run, he Rose, and that's the first Cincinnati player hit. And now the batter, Billy Grabacher wins. On the Los Angeles Dodgers, Three forty-one is average, but tonight he's flying there very short left and ground to the shorts. Four to four, the score, two out, last of the 12. Right throw, swing by Grabarkowitz, strike. Four runs, 12 hits, no errors for the American League. Four runs, eight hits, no errors for the National League. And Al a veteran of 30 years in the majors, is having a long night tonight behind home plate as the umpire. Another swinging strike by Grabarkowitz, and on each occasion, he's been completely fooled by the Clyde Wright pitches. He's been played just up and down the road from one another. Rybarkiewicz up at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, right down at the Big A in Anaheim, California. Two strikes now. Rose leading off at first base. Still on the infield portion, meaning the dirt. Pitches inside and low, and it's one and two. Ball game creeping up on being three and a half hours long. team has nearly exhausted its resources of hitters. High away from Gabarkowitz, it's
1: 2-2.
0: On deck, of course, is Jim Hickman of the Cubs. Joe Horner, Wayne Simpson, and Hoyt Wilhelm, pitchers all, are the only ones that Gil Hodges has left. Right throws, ground ball, Aparicio can't get to it. Goes into left field. He rolls the winning run, stops at second base, and Hickman, a hero for the Chicago Cubs late last year and all of this year, comes up to the plate. Right handed batter facing the left handed Clyde Wright, but as we pointed out, Earl Weaver of Baltimore in the American League has only left handers left. Both Baltimoreans, Mike Fayar and Dave McNally. Pete Rose at second. Bill grabarkowitz at first. Jim Hickman at bat. Hickman a 335 hitter this year. 19 home runs. 63 RBIs. Wright. Looks back. Throws. Hickman takes high. Ball one. On deck is Dick Deeks. Who has hit a home run tonight and lined to the second baseman? Wright staring in. Four to four the score we're in the last of the twelfth inning. A throw, strike right at the knees. One and one. Marlick's behind the play we told you about of the National League. John Rice of the American League at first base. Frank Sicure of the National League at second. Bill Howard of the American League at third. Frank Deslin of the National League in the right field line, and Russ gets the American League along the left field line. One and one to the waiting Jim Hickman. And right into the stretch. Looking back and throws up the middle. Rose is on his way around. Picked up by Otis. Rose is coming to the plate. Throws the throw. He's in. It's all over. The National League win. He throws. Barreled into Ray Fossey who is slow in getting up. Trying to block the plate. The ball wasn't there yet, and Rose just rolled her shoulder into him. And Fosse is being led away. But the National League is now on its eighth in a row. The line drive single of the Chicago Cubs' Jim Hickman scores Cincinnati's Pete Rose. The final score, the National League 5, the American League 4. And we'll be back in just a moment with a recap of the game's highlights right after this message. Well, they'll talk about this for a long time. That makes 23 wins for the National League, 17 for the American League, and one tie. Four to one, the score going into the last of the ninth inning. The National League tied it up. Then in the twelfth inning, Rose singled with two out, followed by Grabarkowitz's single that just narrowly went under the glove of Luis Aparicio, the 36-year-old shortstop going to his right. Rose stopped at second. And Jim Hickman, the man that we have said has been a star, over the latter part of last year and the early part of this year for the Chicago Cubs and was picked over Billy Williams by Gil Hodges, and that raised a lot of eyebrows. But Gil Hodges is vindicated as it is Hickman who drives in the winning run and it's five runs on ten hits, no errors for the National League, four runs, 12 hits, and no errors for the American League. Their eighth win in a row for the National League and the eighth time in a row they have not committed an error. We'll be back with more highlights of tonight's All-Star game in just a moment. This morning you got up and shaved the whiskers off your
1: face. You thought you'd be clean shave your and didn't need a trace. But now you touch your face and find those tiny whiskers left behind. You've got enough. So shaving with the great texmatic razor, By the let it get's enough. Those tiny whiskers your razor may not get. You hardly ever get a haircut. Texmatic little fucking get's enough.
0: and up, wrap up. Here is Lendilla. How can a sales clerk who joined the retail clerks union only a few years ago retire with $100 a month or more in addition to her social security? Well, her union agreement provides that her employer contribute into a pension trust for each hour of employment and all active years of work are credited to her pension fund. For more information, check your telephone book for the retail clerks union or Right to the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington D.C. 20006. Jim, for the final wrap-up and for our final words, Sandy Koufax. Thank you, Jim. Well, it was another great ball game, and uh, as the pattern held out, the National League just keeps winning the extra-inning ball games. Good pitching on both clubs. Occasional little spotty pitching. A tough situation for Clyde Wright. Every pitch he threw could have been the last pitch of the ball game. He was in sudden death all the time. But everybody did a good job, and the only thing I can hope is that Ray Fossey w- wasn't hurt. Uh, he's having a fine year, and I'd hate to see anybody hurt in the All-Star game. Now, Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose, was going to score that. As a matter of fact, Joe Cronin of the American League, and, of course, Pete plays in the National League, came over to him uh, during the workouts here and said, Pete, you ought to stop going in head first. You're liable to get hurt. Well, he really came in head first and bailed into Fossey but scored the winning run, and Fossey did walk off, apparently under his own power. I think he did, Jim. Uh, the problem was with his arm, and you, you never know. You just hope that he's all right. Uh, Charlie Hustle, as you call him, Pete Rose, what everybody calls him, it looked like he was going to slide first, head first and looked up and saw the catcher had the plate blocked, and you just can't slide head first into those shin guards. So at the last minute, he just sort of hit Fosse with a body block and broke up the play and did not let Fosse even catch the ball and then just fell down in a heap, both of them on the plate. Well, to recap for you: five runs, ten hits, no errors for the National League. Four runs, twelve hits, no errors for the American League. And the losing pitcher, Clyde Wright. The winning pitcher was Paul Osteen. It's the eighth in a row. It took three hours and 19 minutes, and 12 innings to play. Here at the brand new Riverfront Stadium, and to show you what's going on now, they're putting the top down. But since it is all artificially turf, all they have to do is put a little top over first base, second base, third base, over the pitcher's mound, and over around home plate. They can leave the entire infield open because they do have artificial turf. Eight wins in a row for the National League. They haven't decided where the next All-Star meeting will be, but NBC will be there, and I hope you'll be with us. In the meantime, you have a year's worth of memories of this fine All-Star game at the brand new Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati.